0: In 2020, four friends decided to listen to every one of the greatest 500 albums as decided by Rolling Stone magazine. This resulted in a text chain that celebrated the music, excoriated the order, and led us to making this podcast. We are far from experts and we promise to do almost no research. All opinions are our own unless you disagree. Please sit back and enjoy. Beck did it better. This is Exile on Main Street by the Rolling Stones. And this album answers the questions. If you write a hit song and you want to call it Turd on the Run, can you do that? Nope, they already did it. <laughs> Band on the Run? Nope. Hey, 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 Mick, what do you think about uh, Band on the Run? <laughs> yeah, I like that. I think I'm going to call it Turd on the Run. I think that's a better name. <laughs> when you want to hear about the greatest albums of all time But you're just too lazy to look it up online Maybe you'll want to hear from guys who chat and then they get off track. I've got the perfect podcast for you, Jack. Beck did it better. Hey, all you Becker heads out there. Has not not better. That was not a great way to start. Uh, today, we're talking about an album that was recorded in a basement in France that's a lot like my co-hosts who are still in their mother's basement. Let's go around and say hi to everybody. Matt in Minneapolis. How are you doing, Matt? I'm doing well. Back in Minneapolis. Um,
1: doing great. Enjoying the last little bit of summer we can get here.
0: I picture you coming back with just like duffel bag and duffel bag full of koozies that you, you got I brought, from North Dakota. I
1: brought seven back, including <laughs> skinny bottle ones for the Trulies and a couple bottle ones for my my Primo's, I got bottles of Primo up there because the, the, the neighbor next door is a, is a bottling guy. So they, they, uh, we got Primo's we're, we're set. We're ready to go. I would
0: pay $20 <laughs> a bottle for Primo's right now. I think every neighbor in North Dakota is a bottling guy. Uh, that's what I would guess. Like every other person,
2: <laughs> uh, Russ in Minnesota, how are you doing, Russ? Oh my, my, my Rob. I'm the lone crab shooter and I'm playing the field every night.
0: I'm surprised every time. I'm always like, oh, he's really killing it tonight. Uh, And we got Aaron out in Oaktown. Aaron, how are you doing?
3: I am good. Update for you guys. I drove my family. I drove personally from Lake Tahoe to Oakland today. Because my wife had to take an important phone call, and she has a more important job than I do.
2: That's a shocker. Did you
1: get get the classic, like, Aaron, 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 get on the road. Why change lanes, Aaron? Come on, what? Pass this person. Come on. No, she's
3: gentle about it. She'd be like, "Well, I like to get in that lane and just stay there." So she's like a little. She's pretty gentle about it.
1: It'd be okay if you got over there and just went a little faster. I drove. uh, I
3: drove as fast as eighty-one miles per hour today on uh, Interstate eighty, coming down from Lake Tahoe. So I feel good. I feel ready to rock and roll.
2: Aaron lives in the Bay area. He probably did a ride share where he got to sit in, in the front seat and shotgun. And he calls that driving. At the <laughs> he's driving his, he's driving his electric car down the highway. <laughs> did your wife sit in the back seat with your son? Like you typically do Aaron or where did she, she was, sit in no, the, front, she was the, in the front with me?
3: No, she was in the front with me. My son, man, I, he, he was amazing. He rode three hours, no screen time. He just like told stories to himself the whole way. I know you guys are shocked that he, he, he Somebody who came from my genes could just talk about nothing, but he talked about yeah. nothing for three
0: hours. He's, He's like savage, Dad, Dad. Do you know who my favorite mandolin player is? <laughs> I have three favorite mandolin players <laughs> <laughs> Jesse St. Clair, <laughs> <laughs> and I can't even come up with two other names. I am not very good at this. You're depriving your kid of
1: iPad time,
0: Rosie. Good for you for doing
1: if
3: he, it. If so. he had asked for it, I'd have given it to him, but he never asked. He just talked to oh, his stuff there for three
1: hours. That's good.
0: My kids are now, my my youngest one is now addicted to TikToks, but she will watch the same ones over and over again, like immediately. So she'll watch the same thing like 10 times in a row because she'll watch them at the same time she's playing video games. My kid's messed up, man. I got, I got problems. Like she's playing video games and watching TikToks. And so I just hear the same audio over and over and over. And meanwhile, I'm trying to edit this podcast. So I'm listening to the same 10 seconds of it over and over and over and <laughs> trying to insert a joke that would make me sound funnier. And I'm like, please, that is so annoying. You know? So she's on her TikTok making videos about her dad's listening to the same segment of
3: the podcast over and over and over.
0: Oh my God. I never even thought about that. <laughs>
3: she's <laughs> making TikToks about your podcast
0: editing. She's probably like, dad, I have a podcast. it got a hundred downloads last week. I'd be God damn it.
1: <laughs> you know, we, we've talked about how we listen to music and how, you know, how do we find new music and stuff like that? My wife told me the other day, Cause she's on TikTok. I'm calling her out. She didn't want me to call her out that she watches. She's on TikTok, but she's on TikTok. That like five of the top ten songs came directly from TikTok, and because of TikTok and all these people listening to them, like that's where the number one songs are coming from these days. Is that true? We do a little research, but that's what she told
2: me. I I think that's where Old Town
3: Road came from, right?
2: If we're gonna have extensive conversations about TikTok here, I'm gonna have to find another podcast. I have no (laughs) no fucking (laughs) clue what
4: you guys
0: are talking about. Fair. That's fair all right I, I if for a little dad tip i call them talk ticks and my, it drives my <laughs> girls insane and i especially do it around their friends and it drives them absolutely nuts i can highly recommend it i'm like what are you guys up to what are you guys watching these
2: talk ticks? these seem pretty fun like that's i cool. figured you would just be walking out with a ton of those breath mints robin thinking you were cool because you had like the little orange breath mints <laughs> <laughs> oh i have done the tic tac tic tock joke many many times
0: <laughs> why not yeah someone's got oh, to. exactly Oh my god! Where did I put this sound clip? I had—I now officially have too many sound clips, and it only shows me the first word. So like half of them just say "Aaron" for the first word, and I'm like, "Well, that doesn't help." <laughs> not gonna All help. right. I think—I think this is it. It's, 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 it's time to see what everybody's up to. It's time for rolling, going. Oh <laughs> yeah! I, you I know like the air horn is good. The siren sounds so good in the beginning, and then when I start talking, it sounds like I'm like in a cave, like a million miles away. I'm like, where am I going? How's it going? And the oh yes are getting just a little bit better every time. I, it is so embarrassing. <laughs> Again, I recorded this in front of my child today, and she was like, "Shut up!"
2: And I was like, "Please, I need to do this." Wait, does <laughs> does do our notes say this segment is called "Rolling Goon"? What what does "Rolling Goon" mean?
0: <laughs> I have to write "Goon" because otherwise I'll just say "Gone," but I have to say it's "Rolling Gone." to rhyme with stone
2: obviously listen it's a great name podcast everybody loves it yeah my my rob my rolling goon has grown great i've been walking around smashing mailboxes <laughs> all weekend i went and lit a fire on my neighbor's front step and threw a bunch of dog shit in it my rolling goon moments are going great
0: certain I certain left and right picturing russell as a goon makes me smile so much <laughs> just like Somebody nicks somebody else's car and they're like, Russell, get in there. And he comes in and just pulls the guy out of the car and jerseys him and starts punching him right in the face. Oh, my God. That brings me so much happiness. Uh, Matt, rolling goon. How's it going? Going well. Um, I've gotten into a show called Letter
1: Kenny on Hulu. Mm -hmm. I don't know if any of you guys have seen Letter Kenny. It's Canadian, right? Canadian. The premise is that it's a small town Canadian lifestyle. And you've got the Hicks and you've got the hockey guys and you've got the stoners and stuff. And it is absolutely hilarious. It's like the, it's absolutely Seinfeld for Northern Canada kind of a deal. And it's brilliant and it's wonderful. And the hockey references are awesome. So anybody from Minnesota who's had been around any sort of hockey player, it's just hilarious. So uh, that's what I've been filling my time up with. And I cannot recommend it enough. It's been around since 2016 and, Little bit before that on YouTube. So people, it's been around. I'm late to the game here, but for anybody who hasn't seen Letter Kenny on Hulu, highly recommend. It.
3: So Roland Goon, appropriate for a segment with a hockey theme. This is great. Goon.
1: <laughs> goon. Got the Canadian accent with that Roland Goon.
2: Russell Roland Goon. How's it going? Roland Goon. I was out being a goon. I went out on a date. <laughs> you know, I, I wore my hockey jersey backwards. It was a complete disaster, but <laughs> I, I had this strange, bizarre experience on a date that I've never really had a few, a few, probably a week or so ago. And I thought I would say, right, here we go. If I could oh, get some is... advice on how you guys would handle an uncomfortable date moment. Advice right here. Let's you go get for some it.
0: advice. Yep. So many goddamn buttons here. What am I going to do? <laughs> get, 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 get to the corner. It's time for Russell's advice corner. Advice corner. Oh Yeah. All right. Russell's uncomfortable situation on a date. Russell, the bushes were poking him when he was looking in somebody's window. He's like, what? this is so uncomfortable. My advice is to wear a couple layers. Is this what a date is?
2: Well, if I didn't get the answer that quick, we could just get me out of the corner and move along. I don't know how Rob knew it was going to be about my, my, my peeping skills. but uh, So there were kind of two awkward moments on this date. The first one isn't what I really need advice on. But okay. one of the cool things about the date is I met this woman online and we were going to go get a drink and we met at a bar in a in a city close to us in kind of their downtown area and it was right on main street so i was like okay exile on main street this is this is bound to go well oh, or no. or bound to go horrible however you want to look at the way the mm-hmm. rolling stones career has gone but, <laughs> but so we get there we get there and we're talking for a little bit and she starts talking about one of her coworkers and she's kind of ragging on this coworker saying he shouldn't work at a store like mine all he cares about is records he should go work at a record store and I was sitting there just kind of thinking myself, I literally just bought a record player like three days ago. And the, day, and, and the day before I literally walked into my first record store ever, I'd never, ever been into a record store. And the day before this date, I literally had been in a record store. So I literally stared at her for like 30 seconds, not thinking about how I was going peeping later in the night, but thinking how I was going <laughs> to respond to this. And I just decided to let it go. But that that's not really where I need advice. What I need advice about was she, is. Was, she, was her coworker Usain Bolt? And he was always talking about the 100-meter record. And she was like, God, stop talking about these stupid record.
0: We get it. You're fast. It took me so long to think of somebody that would have a record. And I started to think about, like, hot air balloonists. And I was like, what am I doing? Who?" Michael Phelps.
3: I have so uh, many questions uh, about your trip to the record store, Russell. But I'll have to take that one on
0: another, another
2: call. Yes. It's like go Emmett Smith. It. All right. So anyways, we're sitting there and it's, it's kind of in the middle of the day. It's like a, it's like a, a lunch date, Uh drink. So in the afternoon, so it's not at night, it's kind of at a, a quieter patio.
1: Sky rockets in flight. <laughs>
2: Woo! There's, there's kind of a few other, an older couple kind of sitting a little bit away from us and another group sitting further down in this outdoor patio, kind of right next to the street. I can picture it. And we start yeah. talking and it, it can't even be within four or five minutes into the conversation, but it becomes clear she's using the F word loudly about every 30 to 45 seconds where everyone can hear it and people are looking at us and it's just nonstop. And I was sitting there thinking, I don't know what to do. Do I say something? Do I just let let it continue? And at one point, she even said she's a fan of using the C word, which I'm not going to repeat because I I don't want to repeat it. But she said oh, she's, she's bilingual. Like, she kind of went into this, this theory about why, you know, <laughs> si or no. yeah, why it's her word. To, you know, she's going to use the word and then she loudly said it at one point, And I just fringed and kind of fell into my chair. But so what would you guys do if you were on a date and someone was kind of acting really loud using foul language to the point where everyone, including like older couples, are turning and looking at you?
3: I mean, if your if your money is right right now, I'd say you you buy a round for the bar and just you know just say, "Hey, could you, could let, could everyone let you know let everybody know that this round came from the, from the gentleman with the foul mouth lady, and just see if that smooths it over."
0: You know how <laughs> I solved the situation is I married that woman <laughs> <laughs> because my wife. Is, oh, you set him up with the softball. My there. wife is. Uh, I don't know if she's. She is wonderful. I, I can just edit this in wherever she is great, but she is a very loud talker. And she also is a free swearer, like around our kids, around all the time. She just swears all the time. And so we were in the pool once and I, we had like Amelia and I think she was like one or two and we're holding her in the pool. And my wife's like, fucking bitch at work, you know, blah, blah, blah. And somebody <laughs> came up and she, they were like, excuse me, can you please stop swearing in the children's pool? <laughs> yeah. I'd probably just marry Russell. So. Let me know when I can be an usher uh, at your wedding. <laughs> Matt, what were you going to say?
1: Well, one, sounds like she's from North Dakota. I spent about two and a half months <laughs>
4: <laughs> in North Dakota this
1: summer. I'm guessing she's from somewhere near Velva or not North Dakota. So
2: we'll check in on that later. <laughs>
4: Fucking right I
1: am.
2: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> All the crazy things that happened on this date, the craziest thing that happened, we were sitting outside. And it started getting really windy, and there were kind of these big umbrellas that sat over all of the tables. And this wind picked up, and all of a sudden, our huge umbrella fell over on the table next to us and literally landed and hit this old lady in the head. Oof. And oh, so wow. she it didn't hit her hard, and she got up, and immediately they left right afterwards. But I was convinced they were leaving because my date was literally dropping the F-bomb loudly, <laughs> like every 15 to 16 seconds. And literally when the, when the umbrella fell over, none of us kicked it or anything, but immediately I started joking the whole time. Like, Hey, why'd you kick that over on that old lady? And so like the, the, the waitress came out and was kind of asking us what happened. And I was like, I don't know. I think she kicked it over on the, that old lady.
3: <laughs> and then you went home with the waitress. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. I love that you treat this, your dates like this podcast episode where you're like, okay, if I can find a running bit that I can get, I'm just going to grab on it. It's <laughs> just going to go with that. Just later you're like, okay, I'm gonna edit that part out of the date where uh she said the C word so many times in a row.
2: (laughs) And then I and then I went over to help out the the older lady. And then when I was helping her up, I jerseyed her and said, I'm I'm I'm, I'm, a rolling goon, old lady, and I walked away. (laughs) Robotside boop. (laughs) Um so I I just I, I wanted to try to
1: frame this up like there had to be some redeeming qualities that you saw in her either. I don't know if it's a video or online profile or something, but is there like one or two things that you're like, Oh, I could see getting into this chick for some reason. Oh, what? Whoa. Yeah,
0: no, <laughs> no. I mean like, you know, was she like,
1: there's one I could think of.
0: Matt has not online dated. You could tell he's like, Hey, there's <laughs> no. two things I like about you and I want to get into you.
2: Matt, no, but like Matt, I think, yeah. I think the qualifications for me at this point go, she swiped on me. And I didn't see any horns growing out of her head and she talked to me. So yeah. It so worked. I thought I'd
1: give it a whirl. Yeah. All right. So there was no there was no warning signs on her profile or whatever that would give that would let you know that she's from North Dakota.
0: You see you see Russell on the date he's got a checklist and it just says heartbeat and showed up and he's like, check, <laughs> check. Yes, yes. I thought for sure you were going to say that when the umbrella got blown up that she, like, grabbed it and then floated away Mary Poppins style.
4: And
2: she was like, I, fuck you. That would have somewhere. probably been the best part of my day if she would have floated away. That's for certain.
0: Oh, no. no. Oh, so wait. No. I, just, I didn't
2: say that, did I? This is going to be awkward to play at your guys' wedding. What? Um,
0: <laughs> I fucking do,
2: Russell. Yeah, <laughs> I would. That would be the great. Like, part of me wants to pursue it now just to see Rob laugh if we did our own vows. And she literally did like the one-minute speech where it, it it ended with with her calling you know all of her bridesmaids the c-word or something like that at the end. Clearly, now you have to pursue this. I could picture you doing the vows where you're like,
0: "I love you through
2: health," or I don't know what the vows are, and then you and then you go, <laughs> "Oh yeah." We we, we we would definitely have to hire the Dan Band, Rob. I don't know if we can pull up the Dan Band quickly. This is the greatest bit in the world.
4: I fucking need you more than
2: ever. And then, and then you see
0: Russell go like, okay, well, this one. I guess that's not the deal, but... So do you want the onion rings, or do you want... I'm getting the appetizer sampler. <laughs> uh. Well, my buddy Rob
2: told me that we're supposed to get all the appetizers and not just one, so... Waitress, when you're done...
0: Show me a picture of Rob. What does he look like? Oh, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Russell, when you get married, we're getting the Dan Band. I don't yes. care who you get. I'm hiring them, and we're, we're going to that other band and get them out of there. And it's going to be the band band and it's going to be the greatest wedding of all time.
2: Well, thank you for the advice. I'm, I'm not really sure other than Rob's advice of to try it again or marry this woman. I, I think I didn't quite get the advice I was looking for, but I appreciate it, guys. I don't know. Being
0: in a relationship where you can drop the C word sounds okay to me. <laughs> That's it. Time's up. Get out of the corner. That was Russell's advice corner. Oh, yeah. But then you're at like second grade conferences and then it just goes yeah. all wrong and no good. Totally, I will say for me rolling going. I had to buy new soap this week, and it, that was a that doesn't happen very often because I buy my soap from Costco. So that's like a once every ten year experience of buying new soap because we get like thirty bars of soap at a time.
2: Wait, wait, wait! Hold on, hold on, hold on! You buy bars of soap, not like not like soap in the canister that you squeeze out like hand soap. Bars right. of soap is the jam. Bars of soap. What the hell? Soap bars are great about showers or are we talking about yeah showers i was yeah. gonna ask you guys what's your what's your
0: soap style okay are we going bars of soap are we going like uh washcloths i think this is kind of a continuation of the the cologne talk, talk that we had on the last episode yeah but what's your, what's your guys is going on because i'm here's what i'm doing i'm doing bar of soap bare hand and then I like just do my forearms. I always soap up my forearms first. I have the cleanest forearms and then I'm like, Oh yeah, I got other stuff to soap up. But most like 90% of my time is just me soaping up my forearms, which doesn't make any your sense. Your third forearm.
4: <laughs> all three of them.
0: Three or four arms. What's your soap style? Rosie, what's your soap style? Yeah.
3: Bar of soap, bar of soap and um, yeah, just lather it up in the hands and then go for it. Uh, I have, I've recently had to start really washing the feet and ankles cause we were uh, on the beach and I've, had to really uh, up my skincare game on the feet as the air has been dry in the summer around here. But
2: uh, wait, 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 wait! We might need to get we might need to get Doctor Rob, the foot doctor, to come and take a look at that. Doctor no, Rob. You, you don't want
3: to look at my feet. This is not a topic we want to discuss on this
4: podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah,
2: show me those feet. Oh yeah. <laughs>
0: What what does the dry skin air have to do with your feet and the beach? I didn't make that connection there at all. So I know I, sometimes I go too Also you're married. So who gives a shit about your feet? Who cares? My
3: feet get, my skin gets dry in the summer. The more time you spend in the water on the beach, the sand gets in there. Your, your skin starts to get cracked. It hurts. So what you got to do, you got to like thoroughly wash the feet in the shower, dry them thoroughly when you're done and then lotion them and put some cotton socks on. Take good care of yourself, man. You learn this in your 40s. Skincare is an important thing.
0: I picture Rosie coming out of the beach, and Rosie is a super attractive guy. He comes out, and his feet just look like the <laughs> Crypt Keeper.
4: <laughs> That's pretty close. Uh, That's pretty <laughs> cool. That was Aaron's
0: <laughs> He a week. What the hell is he talking about?
4: <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. Cotton <laughs> socks. And- you never fail to surprise me. This week, it was
2: foot skincare. I should have seen it
0: coming. I really should.
2: I don't I don't know if we're allowed to be playing the rosy left field take of the week when we haven't even gotten to his rolling rolling goon yet, Rob.
4: <laughs>
0: We've already been doing this for a while now. I think that's there's no way he's going to go past that today. Okay? There's no there's no there's nothing he's texted me or sent me in the list that I think is going to go past that for <laughs> weird things that we're going to talk about. Matt, what's your soap style?
1: I uh I buy um non Dove cuz Dove is like a a lotion soap so if you know how you got the soap that when you use it you uh-huh. get real like rough when you're done or feels real harsh then you got like Wait. dove where you feel real smooth and silky when you're done
2: what, what the fuck
1: <laughs> look it up this
0: is the greatest it's,
1: conversation it's we've ever thing. had
0: so i think i got like an irish bar or whatever That or- has soap that like kicks his ass yeah, Dad gets out with the soap, and he's like, "Oh, I'm so." Ill. He comes out and he like, touches his his wife, and she starts bleeding. She's like, "Oh, you're so you like rough. The
3: rough." Feeling when you're done,
1: man. I don't want the lotion feeling because it's just <laughs> lotiony soap. It's not good, clean soap. It's just it's all lotion, so it's all just huh? fake.
0: Look it up, Google it. I'm not apologizing <laughs> next week when this comes back. You know. <laughs> There's no need to apologize. Uh, then we come back, and we're just all moist and lotioned up. Where we're like, "You're yeah. right, Matt. We're sorry."
3: So then, do you have an after shower routine of some lotion or some oil or anything to soften uh, yourself usually, up you Usually stay rough? I mean, okay.
0: Well, I didn't ask that. This is a soap. What's your soap scene? Usually, <laughs> usually in the winter, <laughs> it gets dry in Minnesota.
1: Yeah. Why? Why are you running away from this, Rob? Let's this get matters. this out there. This is this matters. I'm a millennial. I can handle this. This all is right. what we it talk about. the lotion in the
0: basket. <laughs> <laughs> It puts the soap's lotion on the skin. Yeah. (laughs) Or else it gets the rough soap again.
1: Haven't you ever heard of, you know, people who use chapstick? You end up getting, uh, you get addicted. Yeah, you get addicted to it. Same thing with lotion, Rosie. You're screwing your feet over, man. Like your feet are going to get used to your cotton sock routine at the end of it. And I don't know. I think you're, I think you're messing with, uh, you're gonna have a lot of trouble here coming up the next twenty years, so I wouldn't mess with it.
0: It is not surprising that the guy who told us not to call our kids "buddy" is also treats his skin like absolute <laughs> shit to teach it a lesson. He's like, I'm gonna take a shower and then I go out and walk on gravel. I'm gonna teach my feet a lesson to never ever be soft. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So no,
1: just straight up soap. And my wife, <laughs> I was watching something the other day. My wife was showing me something on YouTube or something where. You know,
0: there's women. Matt's wife, by the way, is 19 years old. That's why this yeah. is all happening. Her TikTok and YouTube.
1: Yeah, but like you know, women have like 13 different soaps in the shower, right? One for the face, one for the feet, Uh-oh. one Yours for the. Yours is five
0: minutes. Yeah, Matt, let's go. Here we go. The
1: fact that guys clean their face and their assholes with the same soap <laughs> bar <laughs> just drives them bonkers. I don't. Do and then that. you start I, thinking about I it. Use, you're like,
3: <laughs> I use my lady's face soap. I mean, that's what I'm about. I'm my an asshole. And
1: then you start thinking about it, right? <laughs>
3: Face You're first, like, face first with like washing and drying yeah. face first. That's I mean, everyone yeah, knows that.
1: Well, I mean, I've been doing that for a little while now.
0: <laughs> Matt gets done with a shower and he put, he takes a bag of broken glass and he sticks his face in there and he's like, yeah, fuck you. Get tough face. Let's go. <laughs> Russ, what's your soap style? I think this is what we've all been waiting for. This is the real reason I asked this question. I want to find out Russ's soap style.
2: I think it all matters on if I splattered on the nasty road beforehand. No. <laughs>
4: What? <laughs> what?
2: Do you guys not ever read the lyrics
0: to these songs we're looking at? Oh no, absolutely not! I could barely understand what they were saying at I don't any know what time. Any of the songs
3: this. about, it, and then I started reading the lyrics. No good. Song
2: one on this on this album, literally one of the lines is "splattered on the nasty road."
0: <laughs> yeah, this was our first album that had swear words in it, right? Nope. <laughs> Russ, seriously, what is your soap style? I know you're trying to get out of this, but let us know. What's your soap secret?
2: I'm a pretty. I, I buy kind of like the. What are the bottles of, I don't even know what you'd call it, like a bottle of body wash type stuff and just go, go with it. Just so you're a body wash guy. I'm, I'm not, I don't think I've bought a bar of soap in the last 15 years, but now listening to the way Matt and Aaron treat their bodies and knowing that these guys are married and I'm still out there going out with girls that are yelling the F word while they're knocking umbrellas over on old ladies. <laughs> I, I Maybe I'm doing it wrong. Was, uh, do you have a loofah, Russell? I do not have a loofah. No.
0: Oh, okay. All right. Hey, Ironhead, what's that thingy? <laughs> uh,
2: and that's a cool thing that I'm
0: going to have to cut out later. Cause
4: only three <laughs> people understand that reference. Uh,
0: yeah. I don't know. Maybe I should, I, I, I've always wanted to be like a washcloth guy and use a washcloth, but then I, I just don't, I get in the shower and then there's no washcloth. and I'm like, well, screw it. It's so, fine. I used
3: one recently. I enjoyed it, but I, I don't make the effort to go back to it. It was like, Oh, this was nice. And then I forget it,
0: you know? Yeah, Exactly. All right, so I think that was probably the most important conversation we're ever going to have of what's our soap style. It turns out we're all just use soap in the shower. That was it. I didn't know what people were going to say that was going to be exciting from that, but <laughs> turns out absolutely nothing. Rosie, rolling going. How's it going?
3: Oh, rolling going. Uh, I've been thinking about this. I've been thinking about how it's going because I have. Uh, I've also been thinking about. We talked about the letter B. We talked about how up until uh, uh, recently, uh. the, the top five albums uh, involved the letter B. So I got a three part okay. rolling going. I'll start with letter B. They are Bears, Bay Legends, and Bicycles. So I'm going to start with the Bears. I was in Tahoe last week, uh, saw a bear for the first time. I've been going there for eight years. Finally saw a black bear. I would say we were about 50 feet away,
2: so that was pretty awesome. And the bear was just, like, doing his thing. Um, Did you run inside and make your wife clank pots and pans together till it would run away, or how would you handle it? Oh no! I
3: picked up my son, put him on my shoulders, and walked away while she took video of the bear. Uh, so
0: she got a good video. So that is exactly what happened. You can hear me.
3: Uh, you can hear me in the background of the video, being like, "We got to get out of here." Uh, yeah. So yeah, saw a bear first time. That was awesome. Also, if you, cool. uh, if Matt, if your wife's watching YouTube, there's some pretty good videos of um, bears inside the grocery store in Lake Tahoe over over the last week or so. Bears just are taking over, just hanging out in the grocery store.
2: So that was cool. It's a good source of food. What was the Bay Area one? What was your second? Russell, beer?
3: you mentioned. I uh, thank you, Russell. You mentioned the funk, and I went downtown uh-huh. today to pick up my uh, to pick up some wine from the <laughs> wine shop. Uh, along with my community-supported agriculture box at the wine shop, which is located across the street from the what, dispensary. What, what
2: the hell? And I don't know. Wait wait wait, wait. wait, wait, wait. No, wait, wait. no, no, don't don't no it Let it go. Let it go. What okay, is okay, a community
3: okay.
0: agriculture? What, 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 I, I don't know what it Hold on. So Russell, you, you don't finish? get your community agriculture box every week?
3: You subscribe to a CSA, community-supported agriculture. Ours happened. The pickup location happens to be at the wine shop, so it's perfect. You order some wine online. You pick up your box today. It had some melons some uh, eggplant um, two different types of tomatoes so you guys know I employed my cherry tomato slicing technique mm.
4: but the oh, important you, thing
3: you know he did
0: you know consequently
1: he did. those are all great emojis
3: important to, thing. To yes is that the wine yeah. shop is across the street from dope era clothing which is owned by bay legend Mr. Fab artist behind the jam ghost ride the whip all-time bay jams Surreal. So this is the guy
0: who owns a wine shop? He owns
3: a clothing store across from the wine shop.
2: Oh. (laughs) So are they sampling this from Ray Parker here, or what's going on Yes, exactly.
3: Uh, And so I saw Mr. Fab hanging out on the sidewalk, which always is
2: one of my favorite sites. We've talked about karaoke songs before. If you ever want to crush a karaoke and you can't sing, sing the Ghostbusters song. It's so easy. People sing along, and people love it. Aaron, you know what? I did not see, when you sent me that video, I did
0: not think you were going to be talking about your farm share. So you know what? 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 Kobo Esprocibe. That was (laughs) Aaron's second left field take of the week. (laughs) (laughs) After so many weeks, I had to make another sting for it. I appreciate that.
3: I really appreciate that.
0: I got to say, that song is a jam. Mr. Fab Ghost right? is Mr. Fabin and the song is called ghost rider. Yeah. That is ghost a- ride, it. It. ride The whip. Ghost
3: Ride it Ghost ride the whip, ghost ride. Oh the my. whip is what they do at sideshows around here. So you get out of your car and you let the car keep going while you're walking next to it. Yeah. It's, it's a Bay, it's a
1: Bay thing or yours or yeah. Or you're riding on top of it while you're going down right. a highway and then you fall off and die. So yeah, right. you know, either,
0: you say potato, I say potato. You get out of the car, go to the wine store, pick up your two types of tomatoes, and your wife is driving around the block. And so you're like, yeah, Ghost Rider. <laughs> uh, and meanwhile, eggplant. <laughs> Meanwhile, Mr. Fab is next door. He's like, oh, I've had, I also have this shirt in extra large, if you want.
2: Uh, <laughs> Aaron, what was the third B? Are you going to talk got a third about like, another hockey goon? Is it Brian Bellows time? Or what, what are we getting no, into you, here? Y- y- Brian y- Brian surprised. I'm
3: going to bring it back. I'm, this is the perfect segue. I'm bringing it back to this album because big booties. I've been watching so so with the what's going on in the world right now, the Tour de France should have been in July, got postponed. Tour de France is happening right now. It started last week on Saturday. And it is all I've been so you guys know I love cycling. I've been watching the Tour de France religiously every day. In oh. fact, my lady's inside watching it right now. I don't know who won the stage oh. because I let her watch it without spoiling the, any
0: spoilers. But modern man the Tour de,
3: the Tour de France. The first three stages this year were all taking place around Nice, France, which is just just next door to Villefranche-sur-Mer, where the Rolling Stones went to record Exile on Main Street. So bringing it back, let's go. Let's talk about this album.
2: Isn't there like a really famous arena or stadium where bands play in Nice? I believe there's a Metallica live performance in Nice, which is really, really, really cool. Oh, I've not seen that. I got to check Are this guys out. Are you talking about Nice, France? I have another question. Aaron... <laughs> Aaron, Aaron, brought very up nice this
0: time of year. Aaron brought up. I'll tell you what's not nice is the beach there. It's just rocks. Like it you go to the rocky, beach and it's just, just rocks. Rock, and then you, d- I dug down to see, how, and guess what? It's just more rocks. Like it's rocks as deep as you can go to the core of the earth. It's very wild.
1: smooth though. They're very smooth. That's it's very, very smooth.
0: But it sucks. And and there's topless chicks. And Aaron's feet
2: were so soft. He's like, oh my
0: god, these rocks at Nice. <laughs>
2: Aaron and Matt, Not I have a me. question. Matt, you're kind of an aspiring bicyclist, and Aaron's been cycling yep. for years. What do you guys think when you're out and someone's wearing, like, the yellow jersey while they're riding? Wouldn't that be, like, me outside and I'm playing basketball or we're wearing a Michael Jordan jersey? Or What are yes. your thoughts?
0: Never do it. No yellow on a bike ever. Don't do it. I only wear the polka dot climbing. Yeah. Because I think that's
2: more <laughs> of what I am. The climbing. The more of a climbing grand champ. I don't, wear any, I don't wear any bright colors anymore. I was anymore. just about to say that. I don't wear any bright colors anymore because years ago I had this Auburn football orange t-shirt and Rob saw me in it and he said I looked like a big pumpkin, so I'm not allowed to wear bright t-shirts anymore. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Rob. I'm
4: gonna
2: I'm going to retroactively apologize for saying that, but it, I will not
0: deny saying that because that sounds exactly like something <laughs> I would say. <laughs> what a terrible thing for me to say. What a bully I am. <laughs> and I'm like easily like 100 pounds more than Russell is. And I'm like, you're a big pumpkin. Well... <laughs> fuck off now you can think about that for 20 years so yeah i'm terrible
1: bring it up at a podcast
0: yeah well i not that's why i teach middle school now because it's like i tell kids i'm like this is terrible <laughs> this is a terrible time in your life and that's just the way it is so i'm gonna try to make it slightly less terrible because and it's terrible because of people like me all right I thought so it was funny. let's let's get into this what is your experience with the uh, rolling stones I, or this album in general what do you think matt what's your experience
1: uh, Rolling Stones. I remember in 1988, <laughs> Rolling Stones came and played at the Metrodome, and my mom went to the concert. Wow! And so
2: nice. you know that
1: that's the first time I ever heard of the Rolling Stones. I can remember. Um, I just remember the the big tongue. Uh, yeah. I don't even know if they call it. You know, i wondering again, and then you kind of see who Mick Jagger was in the 80s, and wondering like, who in the hell is this guy, and what kind of band is this, and not really understanding. I mean, as a younger kid, when you're figuring out all this stuff, who the Rolling Stones are, and then, you know, kind of fast forward to, I don't know, post-college, really getting into the Stones and knowing, um, you know, kind of coming after the Beatles, before the Beatles, however you want to say it, a little bit more popular than the Beatles, not as popular. Again, argue that all day, but, um, you know, just loving their musicality not understanding where it all came from, which i'm sure Rosie will will kind of give us a little bit of a, a history you know basically um i don 't know how much of it is actually theirs anymore after listening i'm on i'm on album two hundred right, and it's like every time you hear a Rolling Stone song, you go back to some other album that yep, we heard earlier absolutely. on the list and mm-hmm. something like that right and it's like i i don't, i don't know if i i don 't know if I can say they've got a um, you know, it, an authentic bone in their body. I'm sure they do. I'm not a music guy, so I don't know, but I, I'm at a conflicted point in my life with uh, rolling the Rolling Stones right now. And so I did see them live. They did come to Minneapolis about four years ago. It was a phenomenal show they put on. I mean, they, they bring it. Mick Jagger is a phenomenal front man. And so, you know, that's, I think, half of the reason they're so popular is they've got some characters in the band who actually show a little jump and a little jive to go along with the music. So um I'm a huge fan. I just don't know. I, I'm conflicted as to where their skills and abilities in life are compared to other uh, musicians. Do they
3: play tracks from this album when they play live?
1: Um, yes. I, they, they, they do play. A, I think three or four of them are on the regular rotation, and then yeah. two or three of them are on... uh you know, kind of semi uh, rotation. And mm-hmm. I think five or six of them, they've never played live ever, like, at yep. least from what
0: anybody's recorded. And, and so and they they opened up with turd on the run, right? Was that their first song <laughs> they played? <laughs> oh, well, right. they can't like, this is me. This is a rolling. St- this is Mick and the boys in my band. We're going to play turd on the run. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh boy. It's going, it's going pretty fast. That's not, that's, that accent is not sticking around very well for me. Yeah. So that's a long way of
1: saying, you know, I, I, Thoroughly enjoy everything I've heard from them. i band just ever. no, not favorite band cool. ever, but I, 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 it'll be interesting to hear. And if anybody else is listening to, you know, this uh, going on this quest with us, all of our listeners, um, you know, I think you'll find, you'll hear rolling stones everywhere mm-hmm. in kind of the, the pre
0: 65 albums that are on the list. Russ, what do you think? What's your experience with the rolling stones or this album?
2: Well, it's, it's hard to follow up. Matt Metz was very articulate in the way he described his experience with them. And, and kind of how all these other bands previously, you know, going way back in the day, kind of these pioneers pioneers of blues or pioneers of rock and roll or gospel kind of influenced this band. But admittedly, it's like every other damn album we've talked about where I don't know anything about the album. I, I know the hits from, you know, I know Satisfaction, I know Brown Sugar, I know uh, a hand. you know, they're big hits. And it's kind yeah. of the same thing that Matt said. I know they're always up there in the conversation. It's Led Zeppelin, Rolling Stones, The Beatles. Who do you like? Which one do you like? Which one do you not like? But, but going into the album, I really had no, no meaningful history. I would echo what Matt said, though, as we've been going along this list. Matt and I are about at the same point. We're at about the 180 to 200 range. And we've heard all of these blues artists that go way back. And you can see where they're getting this from. But you can also see where other bands are taking from the Rolling Stones or from these other acts. And so, like Matt said, I don't know how original it is, but it, in my mind, it doesn't mean it's not amazing music. It feels like they're taking things from the past and they're amplifying it and they're they're making it better from their perspective. And so I, I'd be interested to hear what you guys think about, about it going forward. But that's my history with the album. So I'll, I'll get
0: into it first and then I'll, I'll let Rosie go. For me, I was a huge Rolling Stones fan growing up to the point where I had their... I I had an album of theirs, a CD, which back in the day was like a big deal. I had a, a series of four CDs called the London Singles, and it was all their singles from their earlier. So it's a lot of earlier songs that a lot of people. I think that the the most recent song was like "Sympathy for the Devil" or whatever. And so I got way into the Rolling Stones, and I love the Rolling Stones, and I thought I, I thought they were so great. Uh, and then actually, I've talked about kind of my my. You know, and I listened to the oldie station a lot, so I heard a lot of Rolling Stones. But I've talked about kind of my relationship with live music. The Rolling Stones are actually the first band I ever saw live. Wow. And I saw them on their voodoo lounge tour when they came to Minneapolis. And I have the set list here because I remember oh, very distinctly, I remember very distinctly that they opened with um I can't get no satisfaction. And that is totally 100 percent wrong. <laughs> they actually opened with they Memories actually opened with this up, man. with this song. <laughs>
4: Buddy Holly's on
0: that. But but I remember they came out, and there was a huge fireball. There was a huge fireball on stage, and then they all were just there, right? Like, that's how they opened. But the idea that then they they played Not Fade Away by the Crickets, I mean, but it's like, by Buddy Holly, it's like, well, is that really the opening? But I was going to say, the only song from this album that they played in that concert was... Uh Tumbling Dice was their second song
4: mm-hmm. which is a they up had, jam.
0: But I I do distinctly remember they had two Keith Richards songs which is there's there's a song on this album that's just a Keith Richards jam and every single person in that stadium went to go get a beer during the <laughs> two Keith Richards songs. Like it was like a signal that went out that everybody's like okay go to- get a beer. I mean, he was literally singing to like me and like one other guy way across the Metrodome. And that was it. it I, I always remember
2: that. I've always called that the Trisha Yearwood treatment at a Garth Brooks concert. Like Garth <laughs> Brooks will be rocking. And then all of a sudden Trisha Yearwood walks out for two. And it is just a mad rush to go get a drink.
0: But that was that's I'm a, I'm a big Rolling Stones fan. But again, it's like so many of these other albums on this list. Right. Like the the uh, the Beach Boys and Marvin Gaye. I kept expecting to hear like, OK, when am I going to hear this big song? That's why this album is so important. And then the only one that was I've ever really heard before was Tumbling Dice. I was like, what? What's going on here? I mean, why, why was this album so big? It really took some research for me to figure out why this album is so high up on the list. Not to spoil my rating later, but <laughs> Russ, what do you think?
2: You had briefly mentioned Tumbling Dice, and it prompted something in my head, Rob. As you guys know, when we do this podcast, sometimes I try to get a bottle of wine or a drink that I think goes with the album or certain songs on this. And admittedly, tonight I'm trying quite the the buffet of cocktails, but I wanted Uh-oh. to introduce you guys to what I'm trying tonight. Oh, it, for Keith Richards, he's doing heroin. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, I better, I better put Don't that, do that Russell. That's bad. I found this Murphy good liars dice Zinfandel, but it was the, I found a wine with the word dice on it. So I thought that was a pretty good move, <laughs> like but that. then even more importantly, I thought the most important thing for the rolling stones would be two bottles of rolling rock, a rolling rock, rolling stones, but I didn't get one. Oh, I got okay. two because they're the stones and it's plural. So I figured I had, had to have two bottles of beer if I was going Rolling Stones tonight. Should and then Russell definitely. came out of the liquor store and he picked up
0: three pumpkins and two carrots and he was like oh good this is here as well no actually Tiny. the third thing
2: i picked up is in my freezer and that's a little airplane bottle Uh-oh. of jagermeister and i was going to call it the mick jagermeister tonight <laughs> Oh, so yes. we'll see if, if we make it like six up six songs in and and i'm just have no idea what you guys are talking about i'll go get the mick jagermeister if this podcast
0: goes off the rails it will be mick jagermeister time and i will be calling it mick jagermeister for the rest of my life also <laughs> as well aaron what's your relationship with the rolling stones
3: well, I I have to just stop for one moment and just give a tiny wine anecdote, uh, which is that one of the uh, guys from Murphy Good uh, ended up breaking off making his own uh, wine label called Dirty and Rowdy. So I think Dirty and Rowdy works pretty well for this album. So uh, if you could find any Damn Dirty it. and Rowdy, that would work out pretty well, too. I've um, got to make a
2: third one. Jesus my- Christ. I'm so, My, I'm so, I'm so, I feel so over, over, like Aaron just topped me here. I figure I'm like, Oh, I'm going to give this cool wine advice. And it's like, no, Aaron is, Oh Murphy yeah, good I know cool. this. I know this winery. I know all about, I know the better bottle of wine. Yeah. He's a one upper. Yeah. I
3: have a way longer story about Murphy good. That won't be interesting on this podcast, but we can talk about it another time. Russell,
0: he just had a song that his shirt guy did. So like, there's no way you can top him at anything. This is what it's like living in California.
3: All right. My history of the Rolling Stones is I know that I owned Voodoo Lounge on cassette. Uh, oh, I definitely wow. heard the Rolling Stones on oldies radio a lot. So that meant that I knew Under My Thumb, Paint It Black, uh, some of those other things that were hits probably recorded before this album.
2: I red door and I want it. Sorry. It's a great jam, right? Is that Mick Jaggermeister? My number we're about, one. We're about to find out. Memory. I'm going to go put my hockey jersey on and go rolling goon all over that Jagermeister.
3: <laughs> my number one most vivid memory of the Rolling Stones is in 2005, I went to the Austin City Limits Festival with uh, one of our colors to the Beck line. And uh, he, we spent the weekend uh, there um, too drunk in 106 degree heat. And oh, he had uh, he'd rented a car and he had the Sticky Fingers CD in his car. And we listened to Sway and Moonlight Mile so many times, which if you listen to that album, oh. means you got to skip from track two to t- track, I don't know, 10 or 11 a bunch of times. Um, so that's my most vivid memory of, um, of the Rolling Stones is um, possibly uh, driving under the influence uh, while listening to Sway and Moonlight Mile in Austin, Moonlight Texas. Moonlight
1: Mile is my favorite. Rolling Stone song. God, it's ever. so good. Yeah. Yeah. And they played it live at TCF Bank and it was, it was, it was great. So it's so good. Yeah. So that's my, my most. Vivid, Look it up. Uh, so, so I will Rob, say, can I mean, pull,
2: can, Rob, can we pull up Moonlight Mile? I bet our listeners, I would, I want to hear Moonlight Mile. So, yeah. This so you guys just can sat figures.
4: in your car and listen yeah.
3: to this. Yeah. Driving around in the dark in Austin, Texas, looking for tacos, trying to sober
2: up. So that's what I can see why this would be your why this would be your jam from the Rolling Stones, man. This is pretty awesome. Uh, This is a
0: great song,
3: and I'm sure we'll cover Sticky Sticky Fingers. Also,
0: has the greatest uh, album cover of all time. Yeah, it's just (laughs) mix, crotch, right? It would be Christ. yeah oh it, it and if that was a, what my crotch looked like, this would also be my Bumble profile picture.
2: I mean, if if I were to just take one of my pictures, put it like last on my Bumble profile, and with sticky fingers on the first one, and then four pictures of Herbie Man, I would be getting swipe right on every <laughs> oh. single time. Oh, you'd be you'd, you wouldn't be able to record this podcast anymore,
0: Russell, because you'd just be dating be so busy. so just so knee much deep in it. So oh,
3: that's my uh, this album though. I don't honestly remember my introduction to this album. When I hear it now, it reminds me. It, it you know, Russell talks about the the bands that this music inspired. When I lived in Minneapolis in my early twenties, I went to a lot of shows at First Ave. I think about bands like Drive By Truckers,
0: mm-hmm. Black Ripple Motorcycle Club, like bands I really got into, like. I really two think two more bands, give us two more bands that you saw live in Minneapolis. Who else did you see
1: live? At
3: um, First have bright eyes. And then my favorite was a band called teenage prayers that I saw at 400 club with like eight people in the audience, but I loved the teenage prayers, teenage prayers. If you're listening, please hit me up with your live recording of brown bottle because I lost it when my iPad was, iPod was stolen and I really miss it.
2: Um, I think I missed that one because cannibal ox was playing at the fine line at the same weekend. <laughs> There is a zero percent chance
0: chance that teenage players are listening to this.
1: I did teenage prayers can't be zero. I was a math major. It can't it's be zero. It's got to be more than zero. Yeah. Um. So I don't.
3: I don't remember when I was introduced to this album. When I listen to it now, it it reminds me of it. It. it you know, even Wilco. Like, there's certain elements of Wilco where you hear like, oh yeah, they definitely listen to Exile and Main Street. So uh, I'm gonna have, as you guys expect, I'm gonna have like things to say about what I think about the Rolling Stones, but um first and foremost, I think they kick ass as a band
0: and um, there's like this album has its ups and downs, but I'm really excited to talk about it with you guys. You know, it's so weird talking about the top 500 albums of all time. And we started with number one and we're going down and we're just like, yeah, this band's good. Like every, everyone yeah. we're like, yeah, we <laughs> th- this is good. We like this. Uh, All right. Let's real quick. Let's go to the Beck line and let's get some feedback and let's wash our back. Be- I should have done that earlier. What's your, how do you wash your back style? Damn it. I missed that. I missed the boat on that one. Hey,
1: Rob and guys, uh, Rob, this is your cousin Emerson. Hey, (laughs) I was just wondering with respect to exile on main street, like, when do you listen to this album in its entirety? Is this a road trip album? Um, this certainly doesn't seem like an album that you'd play at a quiet dinner party. Um, it's not really a workout album, like, you're what not album to do you play at a hour, theater, I assume. Kirby, Um maybe oh. with the exception of tumbling dice and happy. So question when, when is the perfect time to listen to this
0: album? Keep up the good work. Uh really enjoy the shows. Thanks.
3: God, I love this question. I love the name Emerson. That was my great grandfather's name. So excited.
2: I think to me, it jumps out as, as a, an album I like listening to in the car. There's like a cool beat to it. It's fun to listen to and it. it's fun to just kind of keep going about your day. But I think for me, it's I've loved I've enjoyed listening to it in the car over the last week or so.
3: I agree Matt, what about good... you? Oh, sorry. Right, right, I'm Matt. sorry. No, go match, match Go. I talk too much. Don't ever
0: ah. disobey me again
3: on this
2: <laughs> podcast. God damn it. I have
0: to I have to pay my cousins to call into the backline. line. I'm doing so much for this thing. <laughs>
2: Hey, Emerson, it's Rob. I got this podcast.
0: Hey, Emerson, when you call in, can you just not get too excited about talking to us, please?
2: <laughs> hey, Rob and other dudes who do this stupid yeah. podcast.
1: <laughs> you know what, guys? I appreciate Emerson calling in. I don't know about you guys, but I thought he did a great job. So. Me too, man. No,
4: Shit.
1: Yeah. The, uh, I, I think I've started listening to a lot of albums as I'm working, now that I'm working from home a lot. And, you know, having on just something that's got more than just a little, it's got a little jump to it mm-hmm. just to keep you, just to keep you moving a little bit and not bore you to death. I mean, it's great to just have onto the background, like you said, or when you're driving. But I, I think, you know, you can't, yeah, you can't have it blaring at a party, but then again, who wants to listen to a whole album when does anybody ever listen to a whole album anymore? I mean, you got playlists and top one hundreds and things like that. So I don't know. I mean, I I listen to these types of albums now. I think more just having on the background when I'm doing things or cleaning the house.
0: I'll tell you when I'm when I'm when I'm getting ready for this podcast. I listen to the album at the same time where I'm doing my write up for this. And as I'm listening, I'll listen, hear a song and I'll like something and I'll write it down in the notes. And that's why I have so many insightful comments during this whole thing. Um and then I'll usually listen to it also when I'm in the, on the subway or if I'm walking somewhere in New York City and this one was so fun to listen to just walking around. This was mm-hmm. I did not enjoy listening to this album just sitting there and really focusing on the music. Because there's so many times where I was like I don't what is going on? Like why are they why is this a gospel song? Why is this It's kind of scattered, isn't it? And and when you're listening to this one around other people like the Beach Boys, a lot of people were into that and the Beatles, a lot of people around me were into that and then this one I was just this is a weird album and he's totally right. It's not one you can listen to working out. It's not one you have to have this on in the background as ambient music because then when I did that, I would just be listening and be like, Oh, what, the, what song is this? Like, I love this middle part of the song, like this rock and beat on, on some of these songs. Like I, I really enjoyed it, but because there's no hits, I was, I'm just like, okay, what, wait, what song is this? What, what, which one is this with the guitar that's loud? And Oh, this one is all mixed, all weird. And I think this is our first album that we've done. Right. That's not. A pop album. This is a true rock and roll album. I would say this is the first one that's rock and roll. Am I wrong on that? Is it rock and roll or blues, or what do you call what do you call the Rolling Stones? What do you call this music? I think this is rock, this is the definition of rock and roll. Yeah, I think
3: you gotta say rock and roll. It's like the it's the ideal rock and roll. There's a couple,
0: there's a couple freaking weird ones on here, but I think this is rock and roll, whereas the Beatles were so pop, they wanted every single sound on an album to be like perfectly what they wanted. Like they were really worried, like, okay, we need three pianos at the end of this. We're going to play it all at once. The Rolling Stones were like, uh, trumpet maybe. I don't know. Like they were like, ah, fuck it. Let's do it later. Who
3: cares? (laughs) We'll mix it in LA.
2: I'm sure you guys who understand music much better than I do will rebut me immediately here, but this feels like the first album too, where I didn't really understand what they were singing about. Like,
3: I don't know. I don't understand one single lyric on this song. The Beatles I may up. have
2: may have kind of strange lyrics or there may be strange songs, but like the Beach Boys, it's very clear what they're singing. about. Marvin Gaye, very, very clear what he's singing about. And if you listen to everything with Bob Dylan, like he's got his unique voice, but there's this story being told. And if you listen to it, you can understand it. When I'm mm-hmm. listening to this album, I have a hard time understanding the lyrics. And even when I read the lyrics and people would say what it was about, I was like, I don't get that at all. Like, I, I don't know what they're singing about.
0: Well, I, I don't think it was about the lyrics for the Rolling Stones a lifetime. I mean, there's one song in here where they literally said, Yeah, we put a bunch of slips of paper into a hat, mm-hmm. and the order I took the slips of paper out in, those were the lyrics for the song. Mm-hmm. Like, they didn't give a shit. They were just like, Yeah, listen, Keith would be like, hey, Nick, Listen, riff I came up with, and it was dun like, dun And they'd be like, Okay, that's a song now, I guess. Like, And it sounds super good.
1: I think this is their 10th album. Do I have that right, Rob? I didn't do too much research for this. I mean, the 10th album. You're coming in at, I think, 1971. They started in 69, but it got released in 71. I mean, it, it, they're getting to their fuck it stage, you know, right. of their career where it's just like, whatever let's just do some good music and somebody will somebody will put something over the top of it to make it sound good and we'll just go from there
0: i want to just say there's a great article in the atlantic about how this album was basically the the one that destroyed the rolling stones essentially this really came on a run of incredible albums from the rolling stones beggars banquet in 68 let it bleed in 69 sticky the aforementioned sticky fingers in 71 Damn. and this album comes out in may of 72 and after this, it, it all kind of, I think, does uh, Bill Wyman leave after this? And 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 I think Brian Jones was out of here sometime around here. It, it, this is another album where it's a British band that really, almost more than any other British band, is super influenced by Americana again. Mm-hmm. They had recorded uh, Sticky Fingers before this at Muscle Shoals in Alabama. And you can hear a ton of that influence on this album with the gospel stuff. You know, always, of course, lots of blues, tons of boogie I mean, a lot of this album, you feel like you're in some honky-tonk bar down in wherever honky-tonk bars in. And I'm assuming that's a state like Missouri. Alabama? Are there honky <laughs> Where's I? What is a honky-tonk bar? Like, if I went into a honky-tonk bar, how would I be able to identify it?
3: They don't exist. They don't, I mean, they're only like, maybe Anthony Bourdain could have found one on his show. But,
0: you know, he's gotten out, too. Me, like- are you telling me that the honky-tonk man was a lie? Is the honky-tonk uh, no. man a
2: joke to you, Aaron? <laughs> no, he he's cool. He's happy. He's bad.
3: Shake, so, rattle, and roll, baby. I should have I mentioned have let- the worst band I ever saw in Minneapolis was the Brian Jonestown Massacre, but we don't want to talk about that either. Go ahead. Oh, no, we do. Go for <laughs> it. What
4: the fuck are you all- talking about? Oh, my God. Please do. What, what made them suck, Aaron? What do, you have a, do you
3: have a third? Uh- <laughs> they were terrible. I saw them. Actually, I saw them the uh, same night I saw Paul Westerberg. The aforementioned caller to the back line made me go. After we saw Paul Westerberg at the uh, Pantages, we went to the 400 to see uh, Brian mm-hmm. Jonestown Massacre. They were horrible. I will never forgive him for making me go. Uh, I, the band. I've got to play to-
0: both of these at the same time. <laughs> 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 I don't know what else to do. What this sounds is like, a like a round talk. talk. <laughs> I, <can't> oh, make- <laughs> I cannot make. I cannot make one of these every week. I can't do it. We will never talk about anything else.
3: You mentioned Brian Jones. I just it made me think of that. Let's keep. Let's talk about. This. <laughs>
0: Brian Jones is who sells Aaron his pants.
4: Um,
0: but, but this was, I mean, this really was like, if you see how they
2: record,
0: if, if you see how they recorded this album, basically they were at this, this villa in France, Mick Jagger had just gotten married and, and by the sounds of it, you know, and who knows Bill Wyman's talking about it. And he just said like, yeah, every night from like eight at night to three in the morning, some of us would go down and record a lot of times Mick wouldn't show up. Sometimes Keith wouldn't show up. Sometimes Keith would show up by himself and that's how we got happy. Um, And it just was a huge, a huge mess of recording it. And I think you can really hear it because I listened to the 2010 remastered version of this and it still sounded like muddy garbage to me. I think this could be the greatest album of all time if it didn't sound like they were playing in some swamp somewhere behind a honky tonk bar. And I still feel like there's a good bit in that honky tonk bar somewhere. Like I don't know what a honky
2: tonk (laughs) bar is. Maybe maybe the the, We got it with the honky tonk man. Maybe the real way to figure out what honky tonk music actually is is to pull up the honky tonk man's WWE theme song right now and let's see what that because WWE, WWF at the time, they're gonna get music right. Like they do music about as good as anyone, right? So let's pull up the honky tonk man's theme song, Cool, Cocky, and Bad. Yes. Oh, this sounds, yeah, this sounds like the Stones could to done
0: this. Oh, the piano, the piano makes it, the Jerry Lee Lewis. If, if I played this for one of the Rolling Stone songs on this album, would you know? No, so that absolutely I not. By the way, the Honky Tonk Man, I always thought he looked awesome. The, the best part about the Honky Tonk
2: Man is we're going to get to talk about him again with Elvis in a few weeks. I'm cool,
4: I'm cocky,
0: I'm bad. I'm bad. The Honky Tonk Man looks a lot like me. And that's not a compliment to the honky tonk man. <laughs> like the honky tonk man is like, okay, I'm a fat guy. What can I do for a bit? I'm Elvis, I guess. I'm gonna smash people with this guitar. Uh, okay, so we have solved where the honky tonk bar is, and that is if the honky tonk man is inside. And I would say there's actually probably a good chance a honky tonk man did spend a lot of time in the honky tonk bars.
1: I mean, there was a time when I was part of the honky tonk bar association, and absolutely <laughs> the American honky tonk. I bar had a cowboy hat.
0: Ah, and you had the shirt, know, you had the short yeah. shirt with the four quadrants, oh, the, like, the gray and, and the black. I can't stand that stuff. But, you know, <laughs> I mean, is this is basically Elvis.
4: Okay. Uh, no,
0: this is the honky tonk man. He's very different and not at all like Elvis in any single way. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't think of Elvis. The honky tonk like, man, honky looks, honky like honky man honky looks like honky your dad. Man showed you how to rock and roll. Oh, my God. By the way, that song is two minutes long. How long did it
2: take him to enter? The The coolest thing about the Honky Tonk man and why he spans multiple music genres is one year he tag teamed with Greg the Hammer Valentine, and their (laughs) nickname was called Rhythm and Blues. So he spans (laughs) Honky Tonk music and R&B. He did have one of my favorite finishing moves with
0: the shake, rattle, and roll. Yeah. It was like the dumbest thing where you just spun him around and put him down, and the guys would always be like, ah, that's it. It's a finishing move. He's done. It was just the weakest move. Wasn't
1: that the big boss man, Rhythm and Blues? Or was that... We might have to do a whole
0: episode on, on wrestling. We need yeah, we got to do a wrestling episode. Oh, So what's your experience with uh, Jake the Snake Roberts? There's actually a lot of crossover between this album and the WWE just in drug use alone. And at this point, the, the, according to Wikipedia, the Rolling Stones had spent all their tax money and were now living in France. Now, I don't know what that means that they spent all their tax money. I'm sure it's something, but they were they were living in France because they were basically tax exiles which is where the name of this album comes from because they wanted to show everybody like, yeah, we're, we're, we're not just a rock and roll band. We're living on our own. We're like against the whole world. Well, they're, of course they're against the whole world. They're super rich and they're all marrying like super attractive people and then playing music from eight to three every night. So it's a lot like this podcast, except they have more than about three people listening and my family members <laughs> calling in. Um,
1: we learned about we we learned about I mean I'm just we're getting too deep in this but we learned about it from uh, Revolver right the taxman thing where you know right. if you make so much money you're up to 95% tax bracket and I think that's where they were at you know they had no idea they were going to be this successful and all of a sudden they're like f this I'm not paying this to the government I'm just I'll go live in France for a while and keep my money but yeah I think that's what
0: my feet are going to be so tough because
2: I'm walking on these rocky beaches. <laughs> right. Maybe, right. Maybe you guys can answer this. One interesting thing, every song I was reading about, the first thing they would talk about, hey, this was recorded in France in some guy's villa basement. Or, like, it seemed like that is the most interesting part of this album is where they recorded each song, right? Well, and I, yeah, and I think it influenced the sound, too, right? Yeah.
1: But I'm pissed because I went I went. To- yeah, I went to Nice, I don't know, two years ago. Nice. nice. And I And I nice. and I saw this. I mean, nice. I'm looking out over Very this thing. Nice. I'm looking at the map right now. And I was two feet away from this place and never went to see it. And I wish I would have gone and seen it. So I'll never, I will never. Nice is a place, Nice is a place you go once in your life, I think, in France, and yes. then you never go
0: back. So yeah. go once, see it, then never go back. That sounds like it's going to be a. Beck did it better road trip. Oh, yeah.
3: (laughs) I think the lore of where this was recorded and how it was recorded has a lot to do
0: with it being number seven overall on the list. Is that why this album sounds so shitty? Is that it was basically recorded in somebody's basement and then overdubbed in L.A.? Because uh, uh, Mick Jagger has come out and said he hates the mix of this. And even the remaster, I texted you guys today and I said, please listen to this with headphones. Because I think the first three songs... The mix is absolutely terrible. Like there are times where you can barely hear Mick Jagger. There are times where all the instruments in the background kind of blend together. And of course, as a, as a editing and mixing expert now from this podcast, right now,
2: right now all our listeners are nodding their head and thinking about Rob right now.
0: Well, I don't know though.
3: Sometimes, sometimes this is a choice because this, uh, as we're talking about it, it makes me think a lot about D'Angelo because his albums have some of the
0: same. (laughs) I mean, so D'Angelo is one of my all-time favorites. I love Voodoo uh, so much, but. My wife has that D'Angelo album cover as a poster in her bedroom,
2: which
3: I think is <laughs> uh, rude to me.
0: On the ceiling? Yeah, but I cannot Yeah, I cannot blame her. So.
3: But many, many people had the same complaint about the Black Messiah album, which was, this doesn't sound good. You can't hear D'Angelo's voice in the mix. And when you read the lyrics to Sugar Daddy, and he's talking about pussies farting, you can't hear that when you hear the song. so sometimes mm-hmm. stuff gets buried for a real reason. But we're talking about Devil's Pie off of Russell's off of having Houdou.
0: flashbacks to the date he was on. He was like, "That sounds just like it." <laughs> All right, let's do. So
4: Devil's So sometimes pie. it's an artistic
3: choice to obscure things in the mix. The slice,
4: the
1: this is a banger.
3: Is trying to eat. This is a DJ Premier beat. Well, here you can you can hear what he's saying, but I'm 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 saying there are other places. In on
2: D'Angelo albums where he's his I am vocals not listening to the whole album where you can't understand what he's talking about And Rob if we listen to a whole Boondock Saints album we can do a whole D'Angelo <laughs> album
3: and when you read when you when you buy a D'Angelo album and then you read the lyrics you go like oh whoa I didn't understand what he was talking about and I you know that was made D'Angelo uh, Voodoo was what 2000 and Black Messiah was 2015 and so yeah, I think course. sometimes it's a choice to bury stuff in the in the
0: do you think this was a choice, this album, or do you think this is because it was a bunch of guys on heroin in the basement yep. in France? They're just
1: sick of it. Yeah. I think it's probably that. Yep.
2: Hey, this place is pretty nice. We don't need to make the lyrics matter. This place is nice. So I will say heroin is a big part of this. This is really when Keith
0: Richards got deep into heroin, uh, Jagger Watts and Wyman kind of abstained from drugs. Whereas the, the, uh, the studio, the mixer, for example, the engineer was big into heroin and they would have guests come over like John Lennon. Apparently barf there, Alan Parsons, <laughs> uh, who was a studio director for Pink Floyd, and they asked him to leave because he took too much heroin. Um, and and really, I I think I think this is like this is an album again where some of them were getting sick of this style of music. And Jagger has come out and said, Listen, this is not the style of music I wanted to play. I want to do something more experimental. Now it is true, every single album after this was not as good as these previous albums, so I think Mick Jagger probably is wrong. And I think he should listen to Keith Richards who can play some just unbelievable guitar. I mean, it's so addicting to listen to him play the guitar.
2: Yeah. He, 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 he probably stopped listening to him when Keith Richards kept talking about the way to slice cherry tomatoes and Mick Jagger just <laughs> didn't quite get it. Wait, you got to put him in between the containers. No, you just you, lids, tomatoes, slice. And he's like, Oh,
0: okay. Yeah, I get that. um, And I think we also have to talk a little bit about the Rolling Stones and race, right? To talk about this album, because there is that black angel song on here, which we're going to, which we're going to go over. But the the stones have always kind of had a complicated relationship with race because they are essentially whether you want to say amplifying or stealing or redoing or kind of putting their own spin on right. I mean, classically black music, but at the same time they had, uh, Ike and Tina on tour opening for him. They had Stevie wonder open for him on a tour. Um, and that was back in the, in the sixties and seventies. So it's kind of a, it's a, it really is a complicated, it's a complicated and really an, an more, much more interesting band than I thought they were going to be when I started researching all this. I think even things like sweet black angel are probably
3: well intentioned, but they miss, but yeah, let's talk talk about the album.
0: Well, to be fair, like sweet black angel, they've never played, they played it live once. Which, by the way, is wild that they would even play "Life once. But
2: this wouldn't be the the first time that we've had stuff that misses now, right? Like, if you look back, what was the Beatles, the the end of that one Beatles album, there was a lot of misses, right? Where it was just very creepy stuff that if it was played today, it would never fly, right?
4: Yeah,
0: but this was something that was in the 70s. And he's, I don't know, like, Mick Jagger saying the N-word is not... It's, not I know look. this is a controversial take, but it is not great. It's not a great look. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. First song, Rocks uh, rocks Off. Who knows what that means? It could
2: be anything. Um, well, if you read Genius.com, which is a pretty cool website, supposedly this song is all about erectile dysfunction. Oh, what? Yeah. If you read the lyrics, you won't get that. But
1: that's it's what on the internet. It's
0: about. They can't put stuff on the internet if it's not true. No. wow, It's impossible. For me, every song is about erectile dysfunction.
2: What do you guys think of that as an opening song? Like, does that rank in the top two or three or three or four that we've listened to so far? Absolutely not. No. Nope. Really? Is it is it dead last by far? Where would you compare this to Taxman? And Rob, you're not allowed to answer because you said Taxman was the greatest ever. It's
3: well above Taxman. <laughs> that first is so good.
2: Yeah, I didn't like Taxman. So I put, I mean,
1: it's definitely not a top five. It's definitely outside of that, so...
0: I, I do have to say this intro is a pretty sweet way to open an album. I mean, just listen to this. I, that's pretty much distills the Rolling Stones down to about 20 and seconds. right? Gigantic. Uh, yeah, I, but I'll tell you, you listen to that song. The mix is wild. They're, they're all over the place. And when I, by the way, when I'm saying mix, I'm saying W M. Oh God. W.
4: What <laughs> the hell?
0: My computer's upside down. That's the problem. Uh, you th- I'm saying mix M I X, not mix M I C K S. Like there's multiple Mick Jaggers. Hey, you Mick Jagger. I'm Mick Jagger. What a terrible I mix. I think the All correct right. term is Mick
3: Jagger, like attorneys general.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, can Whopper's you guys pause junior. while I go introduce myself to Mick Jaggermeister? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this is the we're going to end the podcast. All right. Rip this joint. This is
0: apparently the fastest Rolling Stone song, Temple wise. It's fast. It's definitely now. This is rockabilly. They're on the uppers for this one. This is one where if you sit there and listen to it for a podcast, you're like, "What the hell? What am I going to say about the song?" But when you're walking down the street listening to this, you're like, "This song rips." I I I I enjoy that. I love the fast. I'm I'm a sucker for these fast Rolling Stone songs. I think toward the end of this album, it starts to tail off a little bit, but some of these were so good. Okay, let's speed through these because this is a double album, by the way. There's a lot of songs on this.
2: All double albums for too long. I'm, I, I'm introducing myself absolutely. to Mick, Mick Jaggermeister over here for a second. So if I go completely off the rails in a oh little bit, God. you're going to know why. Here we go. All right.
0: Mark your, uh, mark your calendars here. Shake your hips. Oh, God. This is love. easy top. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Right? I love this. No, beat, though. bow, bow, bow.
1: No, it's Blue-
2: it's one it's one bourbon, one scotch, one it? beer. This is the same opening as one bourbon, one, one scotch, Scot- one, Scot- one, one beer. Sounds yeah, kind of boogie George Thorogood, ZZ Top.
4: Hey,
0: hey, it did make me want to listen to Le Range, though. You absolutely hear the earlier
1: influences in, the, in this song, but.
2: It's a good one. That's good. But so when we're talking about earlier influences like Matt or Aaron, do you guys have a feel of like who are the artists that they're being influenced by from a blues perspective or a rock perspective? Who, who, like we've talked about, like hey, the Rolling Stones are taking this this influence from other bands or other artists. Who are those artists?
3: I don't know it as well as I should, to be honest, and that's part of the of the problem with the Rolling Stones. But I do know that this song is a cover of a Slim Harpo song. And
0: let's listen to that song right here.
4: Wow. I tell about so
2: this is a cup this isn't just this isn't sampling this is a complete cover yeah no. they're just straight up. i
1: think yeah and i think they've talked about going trying to go to chicago to see muddy waters and stuff and try to like meet him and find him at his house you know about and and, and to try to just say hey we love your stuff we've everything we've learned is from you and uh you know i think they absolutely go and just it's not to me it's not stealing it's not taking they actually they absolutely give credit where credit is due but i don't know if they did they, financially though
3: i don't know if slim is eating the way that mick is eaten
1: okay i can i can i understand that but i think if anybody ever asked them you know like hey right where did you get that from and they, oh you know, slim that kind of a thing. So I don't know how the backside of that works or what the deal is, but
0: I don't think slim Harpo has a, uh, a a villa in nice (laughs) (laughs) Uh, casino boogie. This is the one where they just pulled out slips of paper to figure out the lyrics. So this is definitely what we need
3: to be playing the next time we walk into a casino together. Yeah. So good.
2: Where would you guys rank this in terms of a stranger way to create a song compared to the John Lennon song where he just copied the lyrics off of a circus flyer? I think if we all
0: wrote down phrases on a slip of paper and made them into a song, I can guarantee it would not be as good as you know, Boogie.
2: I mean, we could probably do that and discuss it on a podcast and we would probably whoop ass and sell more records than these guys. <laughs> Just Beck did it better. We turned
0: into a band and it turns out we're awesome at it. We're like, oh, we actually know a lot about, we've. what's your influences? Well, the first six albums on the greatest hundred <laughs> albums, we just did those. We stopped listening to that. A little bit of what's going that on. Sounds. A little bit of on Main Street. It's got that classic Bob Dylan, Marvin Gaye, Rolling Stone sound that we all love. <laughs> now the number one single off this album, uh, Tumbling Dice. Mick claims that he talked to the housekeeper about how much he loved playing dice and gambling, and he wrote the song after that. They also say that this song took almost 100 takes to get it just right, and Mick Jagger absolutely hates the mix on this song. This is the highest-ranking song on this album, getting all the way up to seven on the Hot 100. However, Spin ranks it as the number one single of all time, which I think is absolutely stupid.
2: Good song, though.
3: That rhythm at the beginning is
2: really fascinating disagree with you rob to some extent honestly maybe it's it's a song that i know but i i don't hear it all the time i love this song to me this is one of my favorite songs we've heard on the list so far of all the albums we've listened to but it's an all-time rubbish you know. and it, I, 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 I have another dumb question which i'm going to tee up. maybe Aaron can touch on i read that this song supposedly created quote-unquote a groove What is a groove? Like, how do you define a groove? Like, would you say this is a groove or what does that even mean?
3: I mean, it's like pornography, you know, when you see it.
2: It's like the honky tonk man. You know, when you see it. (laughs) Like, does your does your head nod
3: when you hear it? Like, do you move at all when you hear it? Like, that's a groove.
2: This is definitely definitionally a groove. But another one thing I wanted to ask Matt is, do you think, Matt, you're really good at thinking about construction of albums. Do you think this album would be better if Tumbling Dice were the number one song? If that were the lead the lead track.
1: I think you start out that song, right? If you get to the very first few notes and you instantly are grabbed. So yes, I do think that would be an awesome start to the album.
0: But that's why this album is so surprising, right? Is that yeah. all the other songs up to Tumbling Dice are so different and not yep. different from each other. They're actually pretty similar to each other. But mm-hmm. Tumbling Dice then is like, you go right from two boogie woogie songs right into Tumbling Dice. Uh it's just bizarre to me. I have to say, my wife and I are on a big Linda Ronstadt kick, listening to that oh, on the Alexa. Nice. She has got an absolute banger of a cover of this. She's Ooh. familiar. Linda Ronstadt, just ask Alexa to play songs by Linda Ronstadt. You will not be disappointed. Linda Ronstadt basically made every country artist
2: in the 80s. Ooh. One, one thing with Linda Ronstadt, though, Matt, you kind of mentioned it. You and, like we said earlier, we're kind of at the same point in the in the list, and I think we just listened to the Linda Ronstadt Greatest Hits or it's some sort of Linda Ronstadt album. And if yeah. people want to jump ahead, I would highly recommend it. I thought it was fantastic.
0: Yeah. Matt, what, were, what were you going to say about Linda Ronstadt and country albums? Well,
1: basically, like every one of her songs, I think every country artist – female country artists specifically from the eighties and early nineties did at least a cover of one Linda Ronsett song that ended up being like just a top 10 song in the country albums. And so she, I think made, and I have zero, uh, proof of this right now, but just my, my, uh, my love of country in the nineties, I had a nice little compact, uh, liking of country there for a little bit. And
0: you, you do have an Alan Jackson haircut. I don't think we've is mentioned that? that a lot. It's <laughs> not appreciated by a lot of people.
1: Uh, oh,
3: that's why I wear this hat. That mullet is yeah. flowing well in your and podcast is there studio. Is you're a member of the Honky Tonk Bar Association?
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and he's wearing a life jacket, like in his Chattahoochee River video, which is always my favorite.
2: don't the Chattahoochee
0: He was wearing a life jacket for almost that whole video. I was like, this would never fly any other time except for the 90s. Go ahead, Matt. Sorry.
1: There was another song called Watermelon... Crawl.
2: Oh my God. Watermelon
4: phenomenal.
1: Great video. And so I just feel like, uh, you know, that if you had a great country artist that was coming up, the studios just said, well, cover Linda Ronson's song and then we'll put that on the album and it'll be a hit. And, and so you just hear her throughout all of late 80s, early 90s, and it's phenomenal. So, I agree with Russell. Jump ahead and listen to that.
0: Speaking of country, let's talk a little bit about Sweet Virginia. They think the song might have been influenced by Graham Parsons being there. Yeah, the streets, this is one of the only songs where I can understand the lyrics. But what do you think kind it
3: of? means? Oh, I don't, I don't know what it means at all. <laughs> no. I do think this is my favorite three-song stretch on the album. That's probably not very interesting to say, but you
0: know, "Tumbling Dice," "Sweet Virginia," "Torn and Frayed" is pretty. It's hard to top. Hey boys, come into this honky tonk bar. It's torn and frayed. <laughs> <laughs> I I
4: definitely,
2: would if this can, this say, honky this is tonk bar exists, the piano sound like this. This is my favorite stretch, also, and I really enjoy these songs. But if you compare them to the three song stretches on some of the other albums, I don't think it, it rivals those other albums. Either. Oh, you're
3: giving your final rating, away,
2: Russell? No, I didn't say that. I just said <laughs> if, if this is the pinnacle, <laughs> right, if this is the pinnacle, do you think it rivals three song stretches on the other ones we've listened to?
3: I kind of think it does for me. I, I mean, I right. just the tum, I, I love tumble and dice so much, but this is not a critical ear. This is just a feeling.
0: It's so interesting though, isn't it? I mean, this album is so uh, now that you really listen to it, like they did a boogie woogie first part and now they're kind of going with a country honky tonk second part. And then I have to say this. So this song, sweet black angel, uh, it does contain the N word. I don't think I put it in this, in this version of it, but I have to say, I love the guitar intro to this. This was the sink. This is the B side on the first single. So it's tumbling. Then a we Oh yeah, you know it's a girl <laughs> But listen to that guitar I mean, Keith Richards, man So good, so so fun to listen to Not just a good guitar player, but like
4: Emotional
3: Super annoying that this song Has been stuck in my head for
0: days And it's the, not the song I'd prefer to have stuck in my head Well, and he is singing this song I, I would recommend not looking up the lyrics At any time But it is one of their few political songs Where they're singing about somebody named Angela Davis Which is why it's called Sweet Black Angel and uh, Angela, Davis. Angela Davis was a uh, uh, pretty much a, a famous communist. She was actually the vice presidential communi- com, uh, candidate for the communist party twice. And at some point, guns that she bought were used to to take control of a courtroom. And some people died because of that. And so she went to court. And a lot of people were asking that she be freed. And that's, this was a song that the Stones wrote about that occasion. She defended herself and got off.
3: She's a genius. She was a member of the Black Panther Party
0: yeah it's 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 really it's interesting that that was really their only political songs when you think about them coming up all the way through the 60s and the 70s and they really you know they were more interested in talking about honky-tonk bars than than what was going on around them which i think is kind of a, a fascinating thing this is my favorite song on the album loving cup the end of album one we're halfway through folks
3: is this about anything other than what i think it's about you're drinking from the loving cup? Like, what are you doing?
2: According to the experts, Aaron, the song is about pushing through the drudgery that is everyday life in order to just realize you need to find a love from another person. That will get you through.
4: Wow. And uh, that's I also, should give
2: credit to genius.com. That's an amazing website. And I think it's about I pleasuring like, a pleasure. I could have listened to this album for a billion a billion years over and I would never <laughs> come up with that.
0: His vocals on that song are so good. But I also think Russell, you should just say that what you just said, say that on your first date next time, you know, instead of telling her over and over that she kicked over an umbrella that hit an old lady in the head, maybe tell <laughs> her that like,
2: all, all you want to do
0: is a drug dealer looking
2: for love. No, wait, that does, was a different does, song. Does this mean I have to change my profile from splattered on a nasty road as my headline? <laughs> yeah. Don't, uh, I all would right, not, hold, uh, hold on. I'll, I'll
0: go do that now. Oh no, don't turn off your recording. All right, next song, Keith Richards, Happy. He went down to the basement. It was just him and some, a couple other guys, and they recorded this song, Four Hours.
3: I listened to another podcast, uh, Heat Rocks, as you guys know. Uh, Chris Ryan was on Heat Rocks talking about this album. And he says Keith Richards is a bad singer, and I kind of don't agree. Like, I don't think he's much worse than other singers who have who will hear in the top 500. Like, I think he's fine.
0: The, I think it's just because you're compared to Mick Jagger. I think I, any I other time fair. you'd think he's okay, but I would rather hear Mick Jagger sing that song. Wouldn't you? I mean, I'd rather hear, um, Oh, here comes. Not, I don't know. Here comes some bullshit. <laughs> no, 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 no. Say, say it. Here comes some absolute bullshit Aaron, that Aaron's, Aaron's, Aaron's going to pull out. Aaron, 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 say what you're going to say. We
2: would never make fun of you for anything. I was going to say Otis reading,
3: but that's not even that interesting. Like I was just going to say Otis reading, but that's obvious. Like I'm going to say that. So I, yeah.
2: You know that's not even yeah. so interesting, <laughs> but I think the, the the interesting thing about the song is it's about needing love for happiness, and it got me thinking. And you guys know I start thinking on this podcast sometimes. Thinking is work, man. What do you think is the greatest song ever about being happy? And is this one of them? So I came Isn't up with a list. Birthday? Oh, I came up with a list. It's it's it's
4: Five, time. Four, three. Two, one.
2: for another. Other, it better, oh yeah. You know, in this world where everything is so divided, and sometimes it's hard to get back and just enjoy the the small moments in life, where Aaron's sitting in the back seat of his car with his son and being happy. <laughs> and. But we need, we need to enjoy the happy moments, too. I so like I'm that gonna you t-
0: think, up. by the way, Russell, that riding in a car with your kids is the happy moment in life. It is absolutely the worst possible times. The worst times I've ever had in my life are riding in a car with my kids. <laughs> Un, unequivocally, I can remember no good time of me riding in the car with my kids. It is never enjoyable. But let's go on with songs about it that are happy.
2: All right. Song number four, which is a more recent song that we'll be covering on these lists, It's by Pharrell. The song is Happy. Who would have thought alone, you're gonna have this
4: song on the list? Like the
0: this song is loved room, by moms and elementary school teachers everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> it's Bob a great song, though, like, I'm already dancing.
3: I think this is a group, Russell. I think this is a group. This is a group. This is the song I thought of right I thought of happiness as a warm gun, but I don't know if that's going to be on the album. Ah, uh, you took my, You took, took my the words break. right out of your mouth. Must have been. We're not going to say yeah, that. The I hell was, if we're talking about say that more,
2: Beatles, more Beatles songs on <laughs> a non-Beatles album. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Number three. Ashanti. Happy. This got Ja Rule on it. You know it.
0: This was, this was uh, before pre-Firefest job ja Rule.
3: Yeah, this was, uh, is it KDWB in the cities that plays these tunes? Like, this was this was on all the time. In the- Aaron,
2: really sometimes odd. I feel like you get the radio stations confused. That was not the one with the jazz flute. That was the one that featured the French <laughs> horn. <laughs> the Turtles, happy together. Oh, this is a cut.
4: No matter how they toss the dice, it had to be... It's so
3: square now. Like now that we've been hearing this. This is a great song. It's a great song, but it's super square when you compare it to the stuff we've heard over the last two
0: albums.
1: Come on,
0: everybody. You think of a song, you think of a song that you do not want to listen to walking down the street in New York. That's one. Cause you'd be walking to that and like smiling. And somebody would just come and hit you with a brick right in the head.
2: Well, if I were to ever get hit in the head with a brick, I would try to be happy about it. But don't worry about that brick problem. And I would just move on. Don't worry. Be happy, Bobby McFerrin. Oh, butter,
1: no, uh, lady,
0: my date hit your hit the umbrella into your head, but
2: <laughs> don't worry. Mike be happy, old lady. I know, note, was, I know she was. I know she was saying "fuck" yeah. the whole time, but just don't
3: worry. <laughs> yeah, be be fucking happy. this was on the cocktail soundtrack. It's such a jam. Oh my God! The,
1: God don't get us going on Kokomo again. Right. You know what <laughs> we're going <laughs> to talk about? <laughs> 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 Jamaica. Make double don't worry. Who's the? Is it Jennifer Shue? Is that who the
3: Elizabeth
2: Shue? Elizabeth Shue an S
3: yeah Elizabeth with an
1: S
2: nice. so what do you guys think what do you guys think out of those four if you had to rank them or I'll let you take happy from the rolling stones where would you what would you rank as the number one song about being happy
1: uh, number one don't worry be happy by far number two Pharrell happy and then uh, you know happy together and Ashanti you can those can go to the bottom of the list for me
2: they can go this living is, nice for the rest of their life for yeah. all I care
3: not that exciting. I always agree with Matt. I got to go with Don't Worry, Be Happy.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm going to go number two, Don't Worry, Be Happy. And I am going to go number one. Oh!
4: I'm happy that the Honky
0: talk man exists. He's a honky man. All right, I am going to listen to the rest of the song. There's only three minutes left. It's like the world's <laughs> longest wrestling intro song. Jesus Christ.
3: There's a chorus, like a, they bring in the gospel choir at the end. That's great.
2: Oh my God. Well, we'll get to it. By the end of this podcast, four hours from now, I I think I would probably generally agree with you. You know, don't worry. Be happy. It's like, it's kind of a great mantra for life, Matt. You've kind of preached about this stuff before where we, we get worried about my neighbors who are running their chainsaws at four in the morning. And Mm -hmm. don't worry about it. Be happy. Yeah.
0: Let it roll off your back. Unless it's your skin or your kids. Then you got to treat
2: them like shit. (laughs) Toughen up. Tape an aspirin to it. I think sometimes you guys fail to look beyond my list. You don't even throw out any ideas of your own. And it's unfortunate because (laughs) there's more to being happy than what I just gave you. And Uh, I think one of the things if you want to be happy... You should probably not make a pretty woman your your wife because it's gonna it's gonna ruin your life forever. So how about Jimmy Soul if you want to be happy?
3: Who sings this?
0: Jimmy Soul. is a great ugly song. girl to marry you. This is all about marrying an ugly girl. <laughs> man,
3: this is a good song. Russell, you win. That's that's a that's a winner, man. That's you can't beat that.
2: I mean, so dude, is, is this, is this the ultimate Russell's dating advice corner? Like I just need to be seeking out the ugly woman to be my wife and I'm going to be happy forever. Yes. that
0: work. Oh, does not work. <laughs> no. Oh <laughs> God, man. Don't make Whoa. me edit this out of the podcast. <laughs>
3: <laughs> man, is your wife listening to this podcast?
0: <laughs> no, she does. Watching TikToks.
2: How not to be ugly. Shout out, Kristen. Well. Yeah. Well, yeah. Oh no! <laughs> well, you guys have all—you've all married pretty women. Has it made your life happy? Yes, I think that's 100%. what I was trying
1: to get to. Yeah,
2: yeah. No, my wife. I told was, you
1: guys I drove
3: 81 miles per hour today. What? What? Who doesn't dream of that scenario?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I follow all your wives on Facebook. I think it's great. I love it. It's <laughs> absolutely fantastic. Can't get enough of it.
2: I didn't <laughs> even know a Subaru would break the 79 meter. <laughs> Doing
0: the uh, Back to the Future. Oh God damn it! All right, Back
2: to the Future.
0: So now it's the uh, song that it's the song that Matt had at his first dance at his wedding. Turd on the run, turd on the run. <laughs> this song is so disgusting. Just the name. This name that it doesn't even have a Wikipedia entry about the song. But now we're back to the boogie woogie. But listen to this mix. What the? Hello, what? What Mick? Mick is outside the villa recording this, like out the window. He's like, This sounds like the first episode of our podcast. It's like, it's like he's got Aaron, he's got, he's on Aaron's iPhone outside on the He's
4: like,
3: (laughs) (laughs) There must be a tipping point track here where when Mick was mixing this in LA, he was like, I can't get rid of X track. Maybe it was Let It Loose or Loving Cup or something. He absolutely had to have. And that tipped them over into double album territory, which meant they yeah. had to include turd on the run. It was like, well, if we're going to have four, four vinyl records, we got to include, you know, at least four per side. That means we got to include turd on the run, but I don't know which one was the tipping point track.
0: It's such a gross name. And I don't even care why <laughs> they so named stupid. it that. I, it just is so gross to me. Turd on the run. I mean, that has happened to me when I started running before where I was like, Oh, <laughs> Oh yeah. Everybody has the Yeah. Everybody has oh, the, yeah. Poop
3: the pants running story. Yeah.
0: Yeah. If you would have been listening to the song where you just powered through. Oh, no, you cannot power through Russell. You, you, I mean, I know that you've only been working out on your half on the elliptical, but if you're out on a run and you really have to go to the bathroom, forget about it. It's all hands on deck. It's total emergency. Camo- That's why I always ran in camouflage because I had to run off to the side of the road. hiding. did. Uh, no, but in New York, it's easy because everybody's doing it anyway. All right. Next song, Ventilator Blues. <laughs> This is one of the few that got Mick Taylor got writing credit for, the guitarist. Kind of
3: cool so right that brings up a good blues. point. Most of these songs are double guitar, right? So you get bass, rhythm, and, and then Keith yep. doing his little licks. Because I think the rhythm guitar on this entire album, like maybe not so much on this song, but it creates that sort of texture and groove to the whole album that like It like really makes the whole thing.
0: Yep, and then they put uh, Mick Jagger behind the guitars, uh, in the garage, and then record him as well. I'm telling you guys, the mix (laughs) on this, it just really bugs me. I know I'm saying the same thing over and over, but Russell. That's
2: because you're an audiophile now. The title of the song, it had to resonate with you to some extent. Like It's ahead of its time, the title, The Ventilator Blues, is like immediately, this is our wheelhouse of what we're living in right now, right?
3: Yeah, you're right. I honestly did. That didn't occur to me until just
0: now. Holy shit. Russell! This is a, this totally is a right. mischance, Russell. We should have put this out as a single.
2: Oh no. I'm, I'm going to take this a step further. If you, if you guys will give me, give me the, the stage for a minute. I'm going to see if we can take this a step further. He's got take 10 it. songs about ventilators. Matt just went to fell asleep <laughs> on me, but,
0: but bear with me for a second. Bear with you. Bear with you. What are you? Rosie in a
2: grocery store? Wow. <laughs> if this song were played now, it would kind of be about this pandemic. Right. But This isn't the first song about a pandemic. There actually was a song written by... Performed by Elder Curry and Elder Beck, which were singing evangelists and instrumentalists who played the guitar and the piano and the trumpet back in the 1930s.
0: Have you... Is this Rosie who has cut open
2: Russell and is now living inside of his skin? (laughs) I'm about to to lay some knowledge, and I think you guys might enjoy it. I'm excited to hear it. And these guys are actually kind of considered... This is a song called Memphis Flu Memphis Flu
0: Oh this is my shit This is equal This is mixed equally well This is mixed As well as the album I just quit this podcast To devote my life To this song I'll be back
2: you guys are so weird. You guys are oh, such weirdos.
3: <laughs> Russell, how would you find this? This is amazing. So in
2: 1930, Elder Curry and Elder Beck, were these singing evangelists, recorded a song about the Memphis flu. And the song is about like 700,000 people who died during this influenza outbreak in 1918 and 1919. It's 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 crazy we're right in this time right now. We're
3: right at the beginning of that time. <laughs>
2: Following the song, Elder Beck, who's playing the piano during that song, goes on to be this big presence in radio and records in the 40s as kind of this singing preacher who plays all these instruments. But if you really look back, these guys are kind of considered one of the pioneers of rock and roll or gospel or the blues. And we're talking about like, hey, where did did the Rolling Stones get their influence from? If you listen back to this, this is kind of one of the first times where you're hearing rock, blues, gospel. And one thing we want to give credit to on this podcast are the the groups who do it first, because they're the ones that are inspiring other people. So I got to ask you guys, did Elder Beck do it better?
0: <laughs> There's no question. Elder Beck did it better. Elder Beck did it way better. When we're talking about songs about a pandemic, Elder Beck did it better. <laughs> yeah. <Woo! laughs> Russell, that is brilliant. Nice work. Uh, I will say, I do, I do want to let you know that don't worry, do, be happy is about herpes. So a lot of people don't realize that, um, don't worry, be herpes is the first version of that song.
2: Uh, I'm pretty Delivery sure the talk man covered that in the late eighties when he had that feud with Rick rude. Yeah. <laughs> Ravishing Rick rude. You've been kissing too many
0: women and now you've got, don't worry, be herpes. Uh, By the way, I will be saying Don't Worry Be Herpes approximately 100 times before the end of this podcast. Uh, All right. I just want to see his face. The YouTube video for this, by the way, the first comment is the piano player on this song. And he's talking about how he wrote it. Basically, Mick was talking to his dad about being a pastor and then just came up with this. And they recorded this after seeing Aretha Franklin playing at a church, so they kind of wanted this. They wanted it to sound like it was a field recording of like this gospel track. So somehow this is like even worse mix, but it was on purpose.
3: I get it. It makes sense. It's a weird sort of interlude on the album, but it sort of like works as a, as a segue from one track to the next. I kind of
0: of dig it. So we've gone boogie woogie to honky tonk to country. And now we're kind of into the gospel to the, to the part. I think I like to call the turd on the run, um, part of the album. And now we're into the gospel (laughs) part. Uh, now we have Let It Loose, which is another kind of soul and gospel song. And again, a lot of this, remember, they, they record Sticky Fingers in Alabama. Tons of influence from in the American South on this album. The piano and all these tracks are so good. It is true. Like You would never be going out for a run and be like, okay, it's time for me to hear Let It Loose. Or, but I, I, this song is awesome. You guys enjoy it, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, a lot of these songs sound the same to me. <laughs> I'm telling you guys, I didn't love this album as much. Yeah. As you guys I
1: mean, did. it kind of gets to the point where we're at, we're at like 16 or whatever. And it's just kind of all running together for me at this point. And so, I mean, when it, I was listening
0: to the turtles and I was like, Oh, I can hear all these words. Like, this is fun. Like, yeah. it's so different. Than <laughs> yeah. Don't worry, it'd be Herpes. All right. Uh, and just doing that so I don't edit it out later. All right. All down the line. This was the single on the uh, the second single. This is the B-side.
3: The drum sound is so clean on this one. It's shocking. Like all of a sudden, you just hear, oh, this sounds like
0: a song is recorded in the studio. If you played this in Sgt. Pepper and asked me which one was... Recorded first wouldn't you always say this right i mean this sounds like it was recorded in the 1930s yeah this whole album's a yeah. throwback right maybe that's the point god i keep bringing up the same dumb point and then you guys make good points and i'm like
2: yeah but guys listen to it <laughs> i'm an idiot i can't wait for the day rob where we get to play that that was some smart shit after something you've said on this podcast it's never right? i did you know what i was really
0: thinking of it what sting am i gonna make for me and i was just like Rob says something stupid and I got really kind of
2: in a dark place and I was
0: like, man, I better not (laughs) keep going with this.
2: Rob, I think that occurs when I send you multiple edits after every podcast saying, please take this out, please take this out. And then for our listeners, just so you know, Rob generally sends an email back to me saying, nope, 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 (laughs) nope. Okay, this one can go, but 90% of them stay in. It is true. A lot of them are like, no,
0: I had a good joke at the end of that 10-minute rant where I was saying nothing. So I'm keeping that one joke of mine in. All right, stop. And all the listeners are like, which joke was that? Uh, All right, stop breaking down. This one, they actually finally had to give credit to Robert Johnson after he sued. After they state sued them in, in 2000.
2: How far the is side. it going to be till we get to Robert Johnson? Where is he on the list? Like the 22. 15s? He's 22. 22.
3: Yep. Which? Did he, have a, did he have a song where he actually
0: said "Stop Breaking Down"? Or which Robert Johnson song I think, did they? I think they just said that. It's exactly the same song. Well, that, it it is, that is.
1: guitar riff sounds exactly like Robert Johnson. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, <laughs> yes. I mean.
0: No I think at the time, musically, Robert Johnson songs were considered public domain. Okay. And so the Stones, I don't think, did it on purpose, but just in the 2000s, they... they su- well, they did it on purpose.
3: They just didn't think they were going to have to pay for
0: it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what? And I'll tell you what. And I'm serious about this. People who use other people's music without getting copyright mm-hmm. license mm-hmm. is are the worst <laughs> people ever. <laughs> and I hope... That they all get herpes. Don't if, worry, I herpes.
2: Met, if I ever met one of them, I would totally go, how's it going on them? And, and go put the jerseys on and go for it. Okay. And
0: that's why, once again, this is an educational uh, example. And hopefully
2: we never get big enough to get sued. When you guys were kids, were you Blades of Steel fans or ice hockey? Because Blades of Steel, the Nintendo game, allowed for fighting, whereas yeah, ice Blades hockey did not. Ice yeah, hockey. Blades of Steel no.
0: 100%. Ice hockey was far superior. Which is the one with the Olympics? Ice hockey. Ice hockey had the was the first game where somebody could actually look like me. It, well, I had a team what? of all fat guys and I was like, <laughs> "Oh yeah, let's rumble, baby."
4: You could
1: fight in that one. They all kind of came in and it was a little scuffle, the guy got kicked out and then come back. Yeah.
0: The
3: Blades of Steel had their like specific like it went into a fight and it was and like a different aspect ratio, right? And like it sucked.
4: Yeah, <laughs> fighting sucked in
1: that game. <laughs> At least in I ice see, hockey, you could kick I, ass. What was your ideal ice hockey lineup? Mine was four fa- fat guys, four fast guys, <laughs> no four skinny guys and one fat guy. And you just skate all around them.
0: No, I had I was all mediums. Okay, no, nobody ever did that. That was the worst lineup. Nobody picked
4: the mediums ever. Well, while
2: well, well, we were playing Nintendo by ourselves, like in our in our mom's basements, Aaron was like out on dates, like making yeah. fun of the guys who were playing ice hockey. And like can you guys believe they were picking all the fat guys in that yeah. stupid Nintendo game.
4: Uh,
2: at that time, I was enjoying hand jobs. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron's over splattering all over the all over the highway or whatever that that quote yeah. was earlier.
3: Russell's talking like I didn't spend Halloween nineteen ninety eight with yeah. him in a dorm room with like twelve other guys, like hoping someone would bring us one natural light. Like I was not there among that entire group. <laughs> He's talking about like I didn't experience that
0: natural latte. <laughs> you know what? I heard about that after I got back from the library.
1: If you got back
2: from the library
0: back. I got back from the music library researching this podcast,
2: Rob, Rob, what I heard oh my God, What
0: in college
2: about this story where you came back from a building and they were doing some sort of checks to make sure people weren't bringing, we went to a oh, uh, a college yeah. where there was a dry campus. Yeah. And my understanding is one of your dorms, they started checking everyone's bag to make sure they weren't bringing in yeah. booze. Cause you guys had had a bunch of problems. Why don't you tell us what happened when you heard that they were checking everyone's bag for beer? I showed him my bean bag, and I had, don't worry, be herpes. <laughs>
4: uh,
2: no, they, they were
0: checking bags for alcohol. So, of course, I thought it was very funny to take a giant duffel bag and load it up with pornography that I had to collect, uh, mostly from Rosie, now that I think about it. Uh, I went into his room and grabbed one of his many duffel bags of pornography. And then I walked into the check, and the person... And the, the woman in charge of all the dorms. So this is like an adult woman. And by the way, I am also like 22 at this time. So technically I'm very no. no, You're like adult. 19.
1: This is, yeah.
0: You're young. I was, I, uh. This, was, yeah, well,
1: uh, this is your sophomore year. Because I was there. I can
0: barely remember when we started this podcast. I can barely remember all that stuff. <laughs> I still think the Rolling Stones opened with, I want to say, let's get it on. But that's not even a Rolling Stones song. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, so I loaded up with pornography, and then an adult woman had to check the bag, make sure there's no alcohol in it, and she saw that I was bringing in approximately twenty pounds of pornography into a dorm room for some reason. She was like, "Oh, go ahead," and I kept saying to her, "Please don't open it. Please don't open it. You really, you really do not want to open this." And she was like, "I need to open it," and I said, "I am begging you, don't open this." So that's the old, you know. And I think everybody has a duffel bag full of porno story,
2: but that's.
4: That's my story. And that's <laughs> a good unfortunately look.
0: it probably is both the opening and closing chapter of my autobiography, seeing how my life is going.
2: So she's well, thinking she's gonna open it up and there's gonna be two cases of Michelob golden draft light, yeah, butt ice and or whatever. But it yeah. turns out, she finds like a, a pile full of videos titled Splattered on the Nasty Road. Yeah, there was a video <laughs> called
0: um there was a video called Butt Ice and then one actually called Bush Light as well. But that was <laughs> they were Different. <laughs> Why do you guys make me tell these jokes Whoosh, latte. How did we get from Robert Johnson to this Well I guess it's a direct path uh, Johnson's right in his name Okay so this is Shine a Light This was actually Written by uh, Leon Russell with Mick Jagger and I think Leon Russell played on this Maybe. I do This is a Jam. I I was listening to this tonight, walking the dog, and I was like, "Damn, this is a good song." But that's how you got to listen to this album. I think is just when you're doing other stuff.
3: Like it's nuts that this doesn't end the album.
0: Yeah. No, and then they go to this song, which I literally have no notes for. I think I've listened to this song once now. Soul Survivor. I I I don't know. Like all this song just sounds like the most generic Rolling Stones filler song. I don't know. But is a generic Rolling Stones filler song an awesome song? Absolutely. If you wrote if I was in a band that wrote Soul Survivor, I would be absolutely But you compare that with almost every other Rolling Stones song, especially and I it's I don't know, guys. I this album, I, I think this was the first double album we've done in a while. And it really wore me down. Like all these songs sounded so similar. I don't know. And and they're good. And and when I tried to listen to them and take notes, I was I was honestly, I was not happy. I was pretty miserable. When I did this walking around the city and walking my dog, I loved it. I, it just has background music. It's just absolutely wonderful. Mm-hmm. So let's get to our rating system that everyone is raving about. Uh, so we're judging this, not whether or not it's a good album, because guess what? The Rolling Stones top 500 albums, a lot of them are pretty good. This album is seventh on the list. And we want to say, is this rolling, well-toned? It's, it should be seven. It's perfect. Did it get rolling boned? It's too low on the list. It should be a higher number.
4: Wait, mm.
0: No. It should be a lower huh? number. It lower should, on the list? It's a lower number, but it's too low on the list. It should be number. a lower number. Did the song get boned? Should it be higher than six? Or is it a rolling groan? We hated listening to it. It should be lower than six or not on the list at all. Matt, what do you think? Where do you rate Exile on Main Street, the double album by the Rolling Stones?
1: I mean, from a Rolling Stones standpoint, I don't put it. I mean, this is the first one on the list, so this is their highest rated album. I don't put I'd have put it as their greatest album in my book, so I I'm on a rolling groan on this one. This feels like a I don't know 40s 50s kind of an album for me. Um, so I I'm I'm, gonna, I'm saying it's ranked too high on this list.
0: All right, and you didn't have to say it was ranked too high because that's obvious from my rating system. Right. That was so clear to start with. Right, this was a rolling groan, it's Russell. Insulting. What do you think?
2: Yeah, it's it's insulting that nobody understands the. The ranking system at this point rob we've we've been through it multiple weeks there's there's rolling well toned yep rolling boned rolling grown
0: and i've got a shirt i've made a thousand shirts with this on there and i feel like maybe that was a mistake i think that might have been a mistake on my part. <laughs> <laughs> call in for a free one
4: <laughs>
0: absolutely do not do that
2: <laughs> the, the, this was a tough one for me i don't think the highs on this album are as, as high as the highs on the, the first few albums we've seen we've listened to and and Matt kind of mentioned, I don't think this is my favorite Rolling Stones album either. But this album is really fun to listen to. And I really enjoyed listening to it. I think all most of the songs are jams. Or, or There's a few low points, and it's kind of scattered. But overall, I'm going to say Rolling Well Toned. I think it probably should be close to that top 10 range. It might be a little high for me. It's, it's probably not a top five or six album for me. But I'm also going to say Rolling Goon, because out of the top, the top albums we've listened to so far, <laughs> if I were to go around and start jerseying people like random people at the Mall of America or something, the only album you could even closely do that to has to be this one. <laughs> hey, oh, Russell's like this hey, why don't you turn around while I walk you over the head with this guitar?
0: Oh, Russell's, Russell put him in the shaker rattle and roll it on dates kicking over the umbrella right on the head. It's a tag team.
2: <laughs> oh quick tag her in fuck yeah <laughs> minneapolis man went to the mall of america and started dropping people left and right with the shake rattle and roll this is a wrestling move also known as the neck breaker which is not very hard he started waffling people over the head with a <laughs> guitar afterwards and kept talking about something called beck did it better we don't know what he's talking about
0: yeah if you go to jail please promote the podcast we're begging yeah
2: you. <laughs>
3: We'll be big with the prison population. We, I need ah,
0: the downloads ah, to feel good about myself. We haven't hit that population yet. No, Aaron, what do you? Well, we never. We'll <laughs> soon.
3: Aaron, what do you think? Uh, You know that I'm always trying to put albums in their historical context. And by historical context, I'm thinking about how does this relate to any Funkadelic albums that might have been released in the same year? Jesus Christ. Turns out (laughs) Funkadelic also released a double album in 1972 called America Eats It's Young with jams like if you don't like the effects, don't produce the cause and everybody's going to make it this time. And I'll be honest, I'm not all the way through that Funkadelic album because double albums are all too long. But so far, I like it better than Exile on Main Street, although I do love Exile on Main Street. And uh, I'm going to have to say it's a rolling groan.
0: All right. The correct answer is this is a rolling wrong album. Ooh, I, I think they should have <laughs> put Let It Bleed or Sticky Fingers on here. This this one, I, this might surprise you what I'm about to say. Ready? Say it with me. I don't the like the this mix. Vodka. The Mick Jaggers. <laughs> and when I say mix, I do mean Mick Jagger that time because he's too far back in the mix. Huh? He should be, we should be hearing Mick. We should be hearing the guitar. It should be clear. There's such brilliant stuff in this. This album to me is just kind of a mess. Lower it down. Put that great album cover. I like sticky fingers, bring it on up. And that is it for us today. Uh, That was exile on main street. The next song we have to, or the next Jesus Christ. The next album that we are going to be covering is... Hold on, Rob. We, we're
2: supposed to edit it when you start snapping like that. Oh, no. That was my
0: sign to start recording. Have I not hit record and say that? <laughs> oh, no. The next album... We did,
2: we did not ask Rob... A, oh, my God.
0: We The next album is absolutely a change of pace, and I am super excited to talk about this next one with you. We have London, London Calling, right? The yep, Clash? The Clash. London yeah. Calling, The, the next song. The next song is... It's an album, Rob. It's an album. The next single album we have where every song I assume is going to be about 30 seconds long (laughs) is London Calling (laughs) The Clash. This is it for Beck Did It Better. When you want to hear about the greatest albums of all time. But you're just too lazy to look it up online. <laughs> if you want to hear from guys and, dad, and then they get off track, <laughs> I've got the perfect podcast for you, Jack.
2: Beck did it better. Oh my God, this Mick Jaggermeister <laughs> is way stronger than I remember it being <laughs> a few years ago.